Hello. It is Overreaction Monday, December 7th. A lot to talk about, okay? I lost the cage match last night at NXT TakeOver War Games. We dive into that a little bit. I have a neck brace on currently, you know, mm -hmm. as a precautionary move for some test results that I got. The whole body scanned earlier today. Hope, hope everything's good in here. Yeah, me too. Uh, right now, we're still hoping that we're not dealing with the T1, T2 vertebrae fracture, which would be very scary for all of us. <laughs> all right. Uh, good show today. Brought to you by Arby's, by the way. Mm -hmm. Listen, Arby's and us have a partnership, and we are eternally grateful for it. Yeah, really are. I've been eating Arby's my entire life, as has everybody else in his office. If you eat Arby's, you should be proud of it because it's the greatest goddamn fast food there is. Their smoked brisket oh, is God. roasted for 13 hours. Dude, what fast food place can even hold a candle to that? Nobody. None. None. 13 hours. 13 hours. The one I had down in Florida, it might have been 16 to 17 hours, by the way. I could smell it from oh. here. Deep fried turkey club, 10 different meats, 25 different sandwiches, apps, different things, gyros, wraps, mm -hmm. you name it. The curly fries are unbelievable with mm -hmm. some cheese. Oh, Shout out to Arby's uh, for being a partner of ours. Welcome to the family. We can't thank you enough. And if you're listening, don't be scared to eat a little Arby's today. There used to be a little narrative that you shouldn't eat Arby's. Those people are fucking idiots and never ate Arby's. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it's, uh, I mean, it's propaganda. By the way, I didn't know that was a narrative because the humans I've been around have never said that because the humans I've been around have always ate Arby's. Yeah, there is no narrative there. But then whenever I learned that that was a potential narrative, I, by the way, that says more about those people. Damn right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it says a lot about those people. It really does. Arby's is damn good. And if you eat at Arby's, it feels like we already know about you mm -hmm. as a human. Mm -hmm. Not eating caviar for lunch. Yeah, exactly. Fucking nerds, dude. Shout out to Arby's. Shout out to you for listening. And hopefully these scans come back and I'll be able to kind of... We got good guests today. Good conversation. Oh, yeah. Great I'm show. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I'm pumped about it. Uh, if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't, just act like it never happened. Yeah. Piss off. Yep. All right. Let's get to it. We have a great overreaction Monday for you. We got uh, Kyle Van Noy joining us. Mm -hmm. He had a monster day yesterday. Uh, had five tackles for loss, three sacks. I believe both of those are Dolphins-like records since Ooh. a certain amount of time, since a time it? ago. Cannot wait to chat with him. Big win for the Dolphins, by the way. Two at time is currently uh, in full force. That squad is awesome, and their coach almost fought the other team. So I love what B-Flow does. Last year, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, he almost fought a ref. Yesterday, he almost fought a player a coach, and an entire team. We like what the Dolphins got going on down there. Fins up, pal. Fins up. Fins, Fins up. up. Fins. Uh, also, we'll be joined by Darius Butler and Michael Lombardi in the third hour. If you're watching along, uh, you might see me uh, in a neck uh, brace, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is not an overreaction. No. Okay? No. No. I'm awaiting results on tests that I got earlier today. Uh, my whole body to see what was broken, what was not broken this morning. Uh, I couldn't really get out of bed, couldn't move much, couldn't walk. And I just assumed that it was a potential opportunity for my entire body to be broken after what happened last night at War Games, uh, NXT TakeOver, where, you know, it was a hell of a match, okay? 
Hell of a show, by the way, for Thought the Bottom. Hell of a match. My guys and I uh, ended up losing to the scumbags that are undisputed oh, era, man. and I'm not happy about it. But uh, this neck brace is only for precautionary reasons at the moment. Uh, I am sitting up a little bit more on my seat because I probably should be sitting on a donut right now. Yeah, yeah, I believe I'll true. be standing a lot today because uh, sitting down, I'm already starting to feel pain in my back, my neck, and my hip. And I only have uh, sandals on right now because I couldn't put any shoes on because uh, I believe I broke my big toe. Oh, jeez. So, not overreaction. This is my life now, okay? And although we did not get the dub, I will let you know. We did not go down without a fight. And the next time we get our hands on them, they'll be the ones wearing the neck braces. Hell yeah. 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 All right. Overreaction Monday begins right now. At Tone Diggs, yesterday, obviously, uh, big gambling day for all of us. The Hammer Don boys, which is myself, you, Gumpy, and Michael Lombardi. We went 16-2 and yesterday gambling. What? Is that good? Is that good? 16-2 and gambling as a show yesterday. That is why you listen to Hammer Don. Uh, it felt like yesterday watching those games back late night. I got home like 2, 3 in the morning. Then I watched ESPN for an hour or two. Then I woke up this morning to get the body test. I'm running <laughs> on about an hour and a half of sleep or so that we're going right now. Uh, but it felt like watching those games back. Now, granted, I watched it in highlight packages. But there was a lot of moments for a backdoor cover oh, yeah. to happen. And maybe last week or the week before that, those backdoor covers would happen and kind of screw everybody over. But instead, we got a fumble on the two uh, by the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. which keep the Colts a cover. Then you got the Philadelphia Eagles whenever mm-hmm. they're driving back with Jalen Hurts throwing a pick. They didn't get it. It felt like in weeks past, those things would have happened to screw us over. But yesterday, it was a glorious day for all of us. Dicks. Yeah, those two that you mentioned. And then the Bengals had an opportunity to backdoor. The uh, the Ray of the Cards had an opportunity to backdoor. The Falcons had an opportunity to backdoor. And it just didn't happen. Things were working out for us yesterday. And we talked about it last week how like the matchups, the games, like they didn't look great on paper. No, but no. they turned out yesterday. Yeah, a lot of great games came down to buzzer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Him down the buzzer. You know what I'm learning is very difficult to do? Drink with a neck I race. thought it might be kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> God. It's like you're in a rear naked choke at all times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Precautionary reasons, of mm-hmm. course. Yep. But this is a smart move. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Ty Schmidt, Aaron Rodgers throws four. 100 touchdowns in his NFL career, faster than everybody else. The Bob Ross of quarterbacking makes it look easy. And that team yesterday, the highlights that I was watching, you got Takatiari sprinting down mm-hmm. the field. You got Aaron trying to block somebody. You got other people when Aaron Jones went on that long run. They all celebrated in there. That looks like a team that's really coming together at the right. Not not saying that they haven't before, but this late into a season, normally teams hate each other at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like each other. They know they're okay. <laughs> but that team looks to be celebrating. And it looks like they got a a lot of good things happening behind closed doors. Yeah, now, granted, they played a dog shit football team who, who has a quarterback controversy happening currently, but that was a wild game yesterday. If you're a Packers fan, you got to be pumped up about it. Yeah, very fun to watch. Obviously, congrats to Aaron on 400. Everyone knew he was going to do it yesterday. There was really no question about that. The only thing that worries me is, uh, you know, they gave up another special teams touchdown yesterday, uh, gave up a touchdown on fourth and 18 late. I just worry that against really good teams, stuff like that, potentially going to come back and bite him in the ass but as of right now nine and three uh two seed in the nfc i mean i think they can beat anyone in the nfc yeah nine and three is a really good record mm-hmm. 
Cleveland Browns are 93. Right? Yeah. Oh, what? Brownies. I had the under in that game. Okay, that was my only loss of the weekend. One of the two losses the entire Hammer Don show had was because of me, so I apologize for that. That game early. Holy shit. I was over there, you know, preparing for the match. You know, when you're getting ready for war games, there's a lot that goes on. And by the way, I do have four mobility. Yes. And legs and everything like that, so that's good news. But the that did hurt there, though. That was I a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing there. Relax. Shoulders. It seems like I do need to relax a little bit. But as I was following along with that game, because I knew I had the under in that thing, I was watching the game, you know, go along on my phone or whatever, mm -hmm. and I'm just watching the score. I'm like, this thing has to be having a glitch right now. There's no way the Browns are up, what, 27 or something like mm -hmm. that at one point? There's no way this is actually happening. If the Browns are going to be that team, now, let's not shit on the – I mean, maybe – I don't think we should shit on the Titans yet. They've been hit or miss all year, okay? But they have the chance to win games whenever you don't expect them to win and beat teams that are good because of the way they play. So I don't think we can ever just rule them completely out, okay? But what happened yesterday, not good for the Titans, but for the Browns, it's like, God damn, if that's going to be the team, good luck. Okay, the Browns yeah. got a squad. Baker Mayfield was dealing. Yeah. He made a couple uh, uh, fingertip grabs there over there in the corner. Uh, Jarvis Landry still a stud and going. Chubb's rushing for tutties. I mean, they got a good thing happening over there. Uh, and they're 9-3, and three, and nobody's talking about them, mostly because the AFC North is Pittsburgh Steelers, who have to play at 5 o'clock here. Uh, but if the Steelers lose, you know, uh -oh. Steelers lose, if uh -oh. they do. They could. And maybe they will lose another uh -huh. one or whatever. And oh. may, You know what I mean? Jeez. Like, the Browns hey, are in for potential, like, two seed at this particular yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in there. They're mm -hmm. in a conversation. If I'm Stefanski, that's what I'm pitching. And on the flip side, if you're a coach and your team still has a playoff chance— Okay, and I know a lot of people on the internet told me I was wrong for saying that there was no chance Anthony Lynn should have told his team that they were not going to make the playoffs whenever they still had a chance to make the goddamn playoffs. Your coach should not ever say it. That's not something your coach should be Listen, if pundits want to say it, cool, but the coach's job is to say, hey, outside of this locker room, there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of people that don't believe in us. That's exactly what you're supposed to say. Not the not inside the locker room, there's not supposed mm. to be noise. Like, hey, we got no fucking shot. Now, granted, the Chargers are currently mathematically eliminated. Can Congratulations, mm -hmm. Anthony Lynn, maybe looking into the magic eight ball there Ooh, and saying, the hey, here's what's going to happen, boys. Probably not. But your coach, anytime your coach is telling you, hey, boys, might as well go ahead and fucking wrap it up this year. We're playing for each other now at this point. You automatically assume the next weekend is probably going to be problematic. And it was. The Patriots flew oh. over to La La Land and just beat the dog shit out of the Chargers. That Boston Connor, I see that you have your OG sweater on for Belichick. Mm -hmm. And I assume yesterday you were very loud and obnoxious. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And now, by the way, the Patriots are right back in the hunt where Connor said they were probably going to end up uh, being all alone. Six and six, you just got to close it out. But really, back to yesterday, it was just a full-on slaughter. I mean, we beat him in special teams, beat him on offense, beat him on defense. It really, honestly, felt like Tom Brady's Patriots teams that would just run through squads. But question, because we play in that same stadium on Thursday, is that a massive advantage to go back-to-back -back, uh, against the Rams now? Uh, I don't know. No. Do you think they'll win if Cam throws for 69 yards? Or? Uh, well, if they run is that the what ball he did yesterday? One, they run the ball for 200, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh, saw yeah. him celebrating with the punter, teaching him how to dab. Uh -huh. I thought it was a good day for all parties. I did not know that they were potentially just – I didn't know they did not throw the rock. By the way – doesn't matter. Don't uh, have to. Hey, just got to win games. However, you got to win games. The Chargers' whole entire setup, you know, Anthony Lynn saying, I'm expecting to be the coach of this team tomorrow. Special teams is not great. Okay. Mm, terrible. Somehow, somehow, special teams are just going to complete dog shit over there. Uh, Patriots' defense, dominant, mm -hmm. completely dominant. And it was, it's, I think it all revolves around 
Them being told they got no fucking shot uh-huh. in the playoffs. <laughs> there, there were three special teams plays where they lined up with either too many guys or not enough guys. That's what I'm saying. One of them was a punt that led to a first down, which we then scored on. And then uh, to go into the half, the Chargers were attempting a field goal, you know, get on the board, blocked field goal, return for a touchdown to finish it's out the hard first half. To take, it's hard to want to do extra reps and take things serious whenever you're like, yeah, fucking mail it in, dude. Uh, who cares? That was wild. And. The people on Twitter are telling me that I was wrong for thinking that Anthony Lynn should have never said that to the team. Those are my favorite fucking idiots. <laughs> Just so, like, yo, how these guys, it's Groundhog's Day every day, okay? Uh-huh. And I get it's a kid's game and they get paid a lot of money for it or whatever. But at this point of the season, there's teams that are getting ready for the offseason or there's teams getting ready for the playoffs, okay? And if you're a team that could potentially make the playoffs, you don't need your coach telling you, prepare for the offseason. <laughs> like, that is just two different, you don't need, that is the job of a coach. Could have seen that one coming from a mile away. A.J. Hawk predicted that the Chargers were going to win. Interesting. And I actually said immediately after him saying that, I have no idea how you see or think that the Chargers could win a game. I I have no idea how you do it. And turns out we were all right. A lot of – there was a lot of good football this weekend. That's CCU-BYU game. Oh, man. Hey, man. Shout out to the mall that's taking down the Mormons on the team field, bro. Incredible. That surf turf was electric. The fact that those two teams made that game happen, by the way, is what I'm pumped about. Mm -hmm. Because you look around at some of the other conferences, you know, the super smart conferences, the conferences that presidents made decisions that they thought were going to be heralded as heroic, Mm. and they are smarter than everybody. They would have never let their teams do it. And there were some teams, by the way, that would never, ever let that happen. The fact that BYU, on two days' notice, took their handsome asses from Utah all the way down there to Myrtle Beach and say, yeah, we'll play anybody, anywhere, whatever. That is awesome. And also, Coastal Carolina's having a run like they haven't mm-hmm. had a run before. Mm-hmm. Liberty drops out of that game. Now, granted, you already have game day going, so game day is going to have to go somewhere else. But taking on a worthy opponent when some people would be like, no, we're having a good season. Let's not try to bury ourselves here. I thought it was awesome by both parties. The game was incredible. The fact that the CCU defense was able to stop them on that slant to almost – it reminded me of that Titans Super Bowl. Yeah, whenever, the Rams. Whenever they tackled them back in the day. That was an awesome game. I really enjoyed that entire thing. And I'm very thankful that the people in charge made let that happen, you know? That was good for all parties, I think. And there's a hell of a moment of uh, those two D linemen blocking Zach Wilson after he threw that interception. I mean, oh, he got put down yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Uh, feels like that Chanticleer team has got, got a little dog in them. Yeah, it oh, yeah. feels like they got a little dog in them. <laughs> By the way, what's Zach supposed to do there, man? There's nothing. If he puts a fight back, they're going to fight you even more. And then he says, like, basically, no moss, and they continue to go. <laughs> it's like a dead fish situation. Yeah, there's, like, nothing he could do there. You act like you're knocked out, and then hopefully they stop. Is this what, is this what Zach looks like? Probably. Oh, oh yeah. No. I think he has the full body, actually. <laughs> By the way, we should have got the, Like, we don't have the donut, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a little problematic right now on the hips. I can feel it. Oh. I remember, you know, back in the day, my old man needed a donut. He had to sit on everywhere he went. I always mm-hmm. made fun of him. Now here I am fucking one day after a swanton flip right onto the fucking ring from about 25 feet. Now need the donut as fast as possible. Bring it in. Need a little air bed down here. I need, just, I need just a little. I need, maybe I yeah. need a little fucking air ride suspension on this. Mm. Oh, that'd be nice. Some hydraulics. And, and let's not get it twisted. This chair sucks on most days. Sure. We're 15 minutes into this one. I'm not seeing two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> Body is sore. Zito, what is the poll for the day? You have a good one today. I believe this one is going to uh, stir some drama. I believe there's going to be some Ooh. controversy on this particular poll of Zito today. That's what we should call it. Hashtag controversial poll from Aviva Lazito. What do you got today, pal? Hey, by the way, congrats to the Bears. You guys officially suck. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It means a lot. You know,
know. You guys don't even have to act like you care anymore. Now you can build for the future. That's uh-huh. good news. Yeah, we're cleaning house. We're bringing Peyton Manning in. But uh, uh, the yeah, today. That was wild, by what? the way. Uh, just, what are you talking about? You spinning that bears are spinning that the Peyton Manning is going to go be the GM and president. I'm not saying he won't. No, no, I'm, I'm not no. saying he won't, but I'm just saying That's what I heard. the fact that bears fans are legitimately like, oh yeah, Peyton Manning is going to come in and do the John Elway thing. We're, and we're going to be good. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Well, you, you heard Zito's story. It was pretty convincing <laughs> to ask <laughs> why Peyton. Well, Peyton Manning well. was named after Walt Peyton. They yeah. just spelled Peyton differently mm-hmm. because he's white is what Zito said. <laughs> That's what I heard. That is what I heard. <laughs> yes. what they said. had to put okay. their own touch on it right there. <laughs> but it's going to be a clean house over there in yes. Chicago. Hopefully. You guys, what's that? He was also spreading coach Cow rumors. <laughs> well, he's allegedly going to the Jets at this point. No, I heard actually he's going to be the coach of the Bears as well, but I, I don't want to spread too much. Right I now. will I will say this. Out of all the rumors that we are starting in this office alone, okay? Yeah. It's not really happening outside of here, but the things are happening in here. Coach Carr in Pittsburgh, oh. or in, in Chicago, I mean, oh, would be a, that'd be a good tie. Good match. That would be, that'd be a good match. Yeah, Bill Carr. In Chicago, Illinois, would oh, be yeah. a great match. Now, I don't know if he can still coach. I mean, a goddamn oh, guy hasn't coach. coached for 20 years. Yeah. He still has a good <laughs> chin, though. I know. Best chin ever. Best chin Him ever. and A.J. Hawk, literally yeah. a chin-off for best chin chins. Chin. He was never big X in those guys. He's a motivational. Yeah, that doesn't change. Which, by the way, the Chargers need mm-hmm. more so than anybody. So maybe uh, Cow- yeah. if Cowher is thinking about getting back into the coaching room, and we're saying this as kids that grew up in Pittsburgh while Bill <laughs> Carr was running wild oh, on the sidelines yeah. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're talking about just an electric factory. And, and every ref is very thankful that he is not <laughs> refing this year or coaching this year because the amount of COVID that would spit oh, out of Cowher's oh. mouth he was like Sergeant Slaughter whenever he would get going into people's faces, just spitting all over the referees and everything like that. But he wasn't a big X's and O guy. No. He was going to go out there and make his team want to fight yeah. for him, though. That seems like something that the Chargers would need more so than anything. I don't think he's going to a rebuild, which is potentially the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. and the New York Jets. I'm oh, not 100% yeah. sure. That's not really much of a rebuild, but... Yeah, you guys fucking stink. Well, you know, it's too warm. Stink. It's too warm for him there. What's that? In L.A., you said? Yeah, it's too warm for him there. Yeah, Windy City. Yeah, Bill Cowers, <sighs> he's retired at this point. He wants yeah. to go to L.A. That's the weather. You know, you go to L.A., too. He can only pay. Like, he gets to pay like 75% taxes, That's too. That's pretty cool. Nice little poop. That's yeah. pretty cool. He helps out our entire country, you know? Pay 80% taxes. Maybe Bill, if I know Bill Cowher, Bill Cowher will take that L.A. Chargers job and he'll say, you know what? I'll pay 85. <laughs> I'll pay 85% if it'll help this country. You know what I mean? That's what Bill Cowher would do. Shout out to Bill Cowher. 90% taxes. He'll pay 90% taxes to go over Thank you, Bill. Hashtag thank you, Bill. Anyways, your controversial poll, please, before we get to a break. I appreciate you so much. We do have Kyle Van Noy joining us in about six minutes. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, his BYU team got beat. Uh, oh, but he had a hell of a Sunday. He yes, he did. <laughs> so we'll focus on the positives. <laughs> and ask about that negative <laughs> in a fashion that we have to. Uh, Zita, what's your poll for the day, Bob? Like you were saying, controversial poll today. Who's the best quarterback right now? Uh, Baker Mayfield last, 8.3%. Oh. Patrick Mahomes, 386 and Aaron Rodgers, fifty three point one percent. You know, Chris Collinsworth was trending last night as we hopped on uh, the plane to fly back uh, from Orlando to Indianapolis. He was still trending, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and he was trending because he said that Patrick Mahomes is better than anybody else in the NFL at drawing people off sides. Oh yeah, yeah he did that. And oh. the internet immediately was like, mm, "Is that right?" <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Lit- it might be called the Aaron Rodgers at, at this point, point. Yeah. and mm-hmm. it, it's not even drawing people off sides. It's also if they have too many men on the field, it's the entire thing. But I will say this. I think Aaron Rodgers would say he's thankful that Patrick Mahomes is doing all the things that he's been doing for a long time, and he's going to take – it feels like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are like 
Aaron Rodgers is like 1.0, mm-hmm. and then here comes like the next generation of yeah. it. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron at all. I'm not saying that because Aaron, if you go back and watch his film for how long he's been this fucking dominant without the Andy Reid Lombardi-filled garage mm-hmm. that has been going on. And now Patrick Mahomes still has to get everybody the ball. So I'm not saying – but I'm just – I think those two are in a class of their own whenever they play football. The way they play is, is just, very similar. It, yeah, it, it's so much different. Mm-hmm. It's athletic. It is uh, cerebral. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly pass-heavy. Mm-hmm. It is dominant whenever it's pass-heavy. And they don't turn the ball over. Right. And that is, if you're looking for a franchise quarterback, those are the things you're looking for. But the Packers say, get him the fuck out of here. We'll draft another guy. Yeah. Oh, no. That's they did tough. say that. They did say that. But you know what? And Rodgers is ramming it down their throats, just like I knew he was going to, so I'm okay with it. It's fine. I can't wait to talk to Aaron tomorrow after his 400th touchdown in the NFL. Good for him. We should make him a cake. What's that, dude? We should make him a cake. We should. You think we can get it to his uh, house by tomorrow? Just a big 400 cake? Yeah. Just like. Just a cake with the, the <laughs> numbers. We didn't do a birthday cake, cakes. but we did a 400 cake. A 400 cupcake. Well, his birthday maybe. comes every year. 400 touchdown only comes once. Once in a lifetime, yeah. 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 The we need a Green Bay Bakery. Well, there is a Cheesecake Factory that had uh, um, Bakhtiari walked in. Not Cheesecake Factory. A uh, What's that one where they sing when you tip them? Oh, Cold, Cold Stone. Stone. Cold Stone. They had a Cold Stone Creamery in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lady, I saw a TikTok uh, Taktiari came in mm-hmm. and got something that said happy birthday Aaron and it was Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones's birthday so oh. she made a video and said I think I just made a cake for Aaron Rodgers and if it's yours Aaron how was it or yeah. something like that oh. but with a Wisconsin accent don't you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. was, don't you know? yeah but if it was if Bakhtiari was real he would have got that for Aaron Jones yes. oh. mm. you know what I mean <laughs> just to continue that whole right we'll ask him tomorrow <laughs> Joining us now is a man who had a career day yesterday. Just a a monumental day. Three sacks, eight tackles, five tackles for loss, one pass defended, two-time Super Bowl champ from the Miami Dolphins, BYU Cougar, a team that used to be undefeated. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Vandal. Yeah! What's What's going on, dude? It's good to be back with you, Pat, my man. It's great to have you back, man. Um, I want to let you know, yesterday you had one of the greatest days in the history of football. How do you, Did you know it was going to happen going into the day, or what was it? Just something I did. That- I called my shot. I told, I told Wifey the night before. I told her the time I woke up, and then I told players on the bench. And luckily I was mic'd up, so they got to actually get it in real life. What did is- you say? What did you say on that mic'd up thing? I just said I was. I'm about to get a three piece today. I kept saying I'm about to get a three piece today. Sure enough, I got my first sack. It was kind of weak, you know. He he kind of just ran into me, and I got him before the line. But I'll take it. A sack's a sack. Absolutely. The second one, I had to work for it a little bit. Set up the guard. Nice little move. And then the third one, ooh wee! I almost got the ball out. That's what I'm mad about. I was close, but I had a good game. But I want to credit to our defense, man. It's not just me. Our whole defense is playing well. Uh, I, I want to be on the front lines of shouting out Xavier Howard. Oh, he yeah. should definitely be in that conversation for defensive player of the year. It's crazy he's not. Maybe because we play in Miami and our media needs to be better. Who knows? <laughs> but he has eight picks. He's balling. He needs to be in that talks. Eight so. picks? How many picks? Eight? Eight. 
That's a lot. I, I didn't even know he existed until yesterday. He got kicked out on that BS call. That was a terrible call yesterday for him. That is not something they should have been kicking anybody out. And then number eight, he's taking people out. Your coach, by the way, almost. Hey, what do you think about that? I like that. Hey, I like That's that a lot. Like, if, if there's I, a I, reason, if there's a reason, and I felt like there was a reason, so I enjoy that. Don't you? I was close to like tweeting it out the whole video, like Brooklyn stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. la- last year he almost uh, he chased a ref off the field. I think that was when my respect, because like, I didn't know much about him, right? I didn't know much about him. He goes down to Miami. You guys are kind of cooking something down there. But last year something happened at the end of a game. Maybe it was a pass interference late or somehow. And he's chased the ref off the field. And the ref was like, you know, like walking off or whatever. And he was like, no, you're going to listen to me today. And I was like, I like this guy. And then yesterday, obviously, with number 80 on the gunner, just blowing up your guy. And then he and Zach Taylor get into it. And your guy gets kicked. Out. I mean, that was just a scrappy game, and it feels like your team is okay with that. It feels like the Dolphins are okay with it being scrappy. We'll do whatever you got to do. Like well, that's that's an awesome. That culture is flipped around pretty quickly down there, Kyle. Yeah, that's that's how we want to play, Pat. You you hit it right there. We want to play scrappy. We we know we can play with anybody. We're fast. We're physical. Um, we, we do all the little things, and we're just scrappy and grimy. You know, it's not going to come easy. You know, we're just a team that when you get out on the field, we love playing football together, and it really shows. I mean, you if you saw Devontae Parker and Mac Hollins, who got ejected as well, they're throwing their hands up, and our, our, little, our little man Grant runs up to him and daps him up, like, thanks for getting our back, and that's who we are. Like, he's not the only one. We're all like that. And it, it's fun to be around a culture. It's fun to be in a locker room full of guys that care about each other. Yeah, how, do, how does that happen, you think? Because you've been a part of a lot of great teams. And I've always said the teams that are, I was on that were good, good culture. Everybody liked each other. Everybody hung out with each other. Everybody looked out for each other. And I was on a couple teams that weren't good. And it was like a lot of clicks, a lot of different groups. Like, yeah. how, how do you get a team to kind of buy in? Is it a lot of who you bring into the locker room? Or is it getting the locker room to start gelling once they get there? That's a good question, Pat. That's why that's why you're hella good at media. <laughs> <laughs> hella good. Hella good at media. I respect that right there. But it's real. How do you think you – because some teams, you go in there and you're like, oh, this team doesn't like each other. You see something. Like, for instance, Andy Dalton got his head taken off. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, nobody helped him out. Nobody got into it. It's like that's a very obvious thing right there. That team does not like each other. That would be a fight right there. Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Tennessee Titans. Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are out on the, the 50 or whatever. Harbaugh has to go out. The team isn't going out. It's like – that team obviously does not like each other. Like they're not bought in. And I know whenever you lose, sometimes that can happen. But I wonder, because you've been a part of a lot of great teams now at this point, and you're part of building a team that hasn't been great for a long time into being great. I wonder how, and if you've noticed anything, like what it is that really takes everybody to kind of buy in. I think it starts with the top respect from your coach going all the way down to the players that he has at captains to, you know, guys that he brings in. Um, we're, we're young and we have a good mix of an older guy like Fitz and I'm, I'm not calling myself an older guy, but I'm the old, you're old, dude. Hey, you're old, you're rich. You're, you're just old ass (laughs) man at this point. You're old, bro. Balling though. You see now a lot of people are going to say you should have been telling people you're going to get a four piece because there was a couple left out there, wasn't there? Oh yeah. Oh, Um, but I think to your, to your point, 
I think it takes a little bit of everything, who you bring in, the kind of guys you bring in. And then one thing that we all have in common that I love is these young, these young boys are so hungry for success and love football. And, you know, in today's world, you see, see them so much into their phones and, you know, trying to show off their brand. But the, the guys that we got, they, they obviously like some of that stuff, but they love, they truly love football first. And I, I think that helps out a lot. Gumpy, diehard Dolphins fan, he has a question for you. He's very excited for this conversation. He has been ride or die with the Dolphins his entire life from Canada. You've met him before. And this is this is the year he's like, this is what he's been living for. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Gumpy, what's up, baby? 35 years, pal. I just want to say thank you. It's a team that looks like cares about winning. It's awesome to see. All the talk on the outside, Tua fits magic. I just want to know, like, with Flores and everything, how it's all stayed together, real team mentality. Yeah, that's, I think it comes down to the guys in the locker room. Everybody believes in each other, whether it's Tua, whether it's Fitz. Oh, yeah. uh, we're, we're in a plug-in, plug-in mentality. Whoever's in there, we expect them to win. That's our standard. It's set really high for each and every player, including myself. And we hold each other accountable. So, like, if I mess up, there's guys getting on me. If I see someone mess up, I'm getting on them. And I feel like we have that trust and bond. Uh, that's that's what you want on a team. And I'm so I'm so grateful to have it because I've been on a team where I, it hasn't, and it's not fun. You know what I mean? And being on this team, it's so much fun going to work every day and just you know get get grimy and just get to work and. It shows on Sunday. We're playing really well. Uh, we got a big opponent, the Chiefs, coming in, and you know we're we're looking forward to it. Hey, uh, Tua has turned the ball over zero times thus far. No picks. Oh, we got to knock on wood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> I just did it. The thank you. No problem. That's me. Hey, I would like you to succeed. You know what I mean? You look like you're in pain, too. No, I am, Kyle, okay? I mean, this is something you go through every week, I'd assume, with the body getting beat down. But I got a scan this morning on my entire body just to tell me what's broken. Oh. And I'm, I'm waiting on those results. I'm waiting on those mm -hmm. results right now. Um, but, Tua, did you see it in practice before he was playing that he had a chance to be – like, what was the thought of him before he got on the actual, like, when the lights came on in practice? How Was he a, a quick learner? Was there things he still has – obviously, he still has to figure out a bunch of things. But what yeah. were your thoughts whenever he wasn't playing? He was just, like, practice guy. Well, what I noticed about Tua is that he was glued to Fitz's hip, yeah. and that's what you want to see. He was glued to a veteran who's been in the game a long time and just trying to learn as much as possible. And then, you know, just asking questions to other veterans that have been in the NFL or, you know, receivers, routes, and he's just really in tune of trying to get better. And it was impressive to me that, you know, some – and Fitz, too. Like, I've been impressed with Fitz, too, because Fitz is kind of taking him under his wing as well and helping him. You know, I can imagine being in a situation where you're like, oh, this dude's here to take my job and he's put his pride to the side to help him be as successful as he can. And to me, that's that's a that's a form of a great recipe. And when you see that as a teammate, 
you have trust in both of them because they're you're like all these dudes are trying to do is win and sorry about that all these dudes are trying to do is win and you want to be a part of that hey um speaking of winning Hey, congrats to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still, hey, where's my, where, hey, there it is. Oh, <laughs> oh, way up there. Hey, go Cougs. I'm, I'm still repping it. I'm a little disappointed. I felt like, let's talk about the game a little bit. I didn't watch most of it. I was getting treatment, but Coast, Coastal Carol, they did ram the ball up, you know what, which sucks. Yeah. But, I just feel like we pressed too much. Like Zach was trying to make a play, our defense. You know what I mean? I felt the like game. we had that game in the back. Even at the end, did you see that the wheel route was wide? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that crushed me. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a couple shots there where BYU could have taken over. But I like the fact that you guys, okay, and I'm not saying you guys as you're on the team currently, but you get what I mean. You guys – just a week before this, Washington was trying to pitch some story that BYU didn't want to play. Like, BYU didn't want to play us. And then BYU came out and was like, no, Washington asked for like 75 things. And everybody was like, well, if BYU wants to be considered something, they got to play. And then all of a sudden on a Thursday, Coastal Carolina finds out that Liberty can't play. And BYU is like, yeah, we'll fly to Myrtle Beach. And now, granted, Myrtle Beach isn't as, you know, crazy to BYU players as it is to maybe some potential white trash teams that would have to travel down there. But it is, it is one of those, which, by the way, I love Myrtle. Beach. Let's not get, I am not, that is not me bashing anybody but so you're totally a mullet guy then. oh I was all in on the mullets I didn't want to say it. you came you commented under the uh, Twitter account whenever we're talking about like well whose side do you want well I like the mullets obviously there's my uh, people but I like the BYU was like we will fly down there two days notice to take a like I, that was awesome for college football and I think BYU set a precedent there that kind of laughs in the face of Big Ten Pac-12 and all these other schools that would have never done that I like the BYU did that a lot I'm a big yeah. fan I, I do too. I respect it. I also think it it kind of shows all these ads that you can get shit done and stop wasting time. Like you know what I mean. You can get it done. You're just wasting time and stop acting like you're bigger and better and just play a home and away game. You know, switch it off. Stop trying to do like a two for one and all that. Just play the games. Yeah. How did they? Nobody talks about how that business got handled in a matter of what. Uh, an hour that had yeah, to be, yeah. and you listen to a lot of like super high end business people talk, and they're like, "If we can't figure it out in twenty minutes, I don't want to deal with it." But then you hear about athletic directors talking, and it takes like three years to negotiate this whole like home and home series. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, just go play the damn games, dude. What are we even yeah. doing here? Big Ten and Pac twelve. <laughs> hey, by the way, Big Ten. Whenever they came out early, and they were like, "We're not playing a season this year." In uh, the the uh, Atlanta the uh, the uh, the yeah the ACC and the SEC basically looked at him. They're like, "Well, you guys aren't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys, we are." And the Big Ten was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You guys don't care about health and safety." And uh, the ACC and the SEC was like, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, but, but we're going to play football here." And that that, that it's just wild. Uh, Connor, what do you got, pal? Yeah, Kyle. Now that two is the starter and Fitzmagic has become the backup, is Fitzmagic still kind of one of the leaders on the team, or is, has has Tua kind of stepped up and become that you know starting QB leader in the locker room? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, Fitz is a big, huge leader on our team, and Tua is growing in that regard. So 
I think it goes under under that whole conversation that I had earlier is that Tua is learning so much from Fitz, and that's one of the processes of being around him, seeing how to lead a team, seeing how it's done as a professional, and I think he's doing a really good job, and guys are just excited that he's being who he is, and that's all we want is Tua to be Tua, Fitz to be Fitz, everybody to be themselves, and just do the best they can to get a dub. Kyle, uh, just curious, did you have to, like, change, like, uh, any parts about your play going from New England when, like, in late in the season like this, you'd be playing in, like, snow and inclement weather to going in Miami where you really don't have to worry about that as much? Yeah, down there at your retirement home in Miami. <laughs> hey, uh, I do got a big house pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I saw your contract, bro. You, I love yeah. what you're You deserve it's it. Hey, a, by the way, got, earned. got a gate, too. Whoa. Hey, hey, earned, by the way. You, that yeah. was earned. So you, I appreciate it. Yeah, you. no problem. You deserve it. Um, yeah, I, I would say there there is a couple of things that changed. Like, I'd have to say I've gotten more IVs than I've ever had because <laughs> it's hot down here. I'll tell you one quick story about uh, fall camp. Fall camp, first day in pads, I almost died. <laughs> Real talk, like. I got taken off a uh, field goal block because I was in la-la land. After the final play of defense, I just took a knee. And I was staring off into the clouds like, am I going to make this fall camp? Like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I've ever done. And I I had to go straight in the locker room and get three bags of IVs. I, I, I was almost gone. <laughs> hey, we're happy you survived. Hey, hey Kyle. Way to go, Kyle. Happy you survived. It's different, and it's a blessing, though, like to wake up and it be 70 degrees and not whatever it is in Indiana. I know it's cold as balls there. Cold as balls, and I can't put shoes on because I broke a toe, so I got these sandals. (laughs) I had to put socks on with the sandals, obviously, because it's cold as hell. I broke my damn toe. I can't put shoes on. But we were just down in Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida's the freest state in the union. <laughs> the freest state in the union. We were in a hotel. There was a block party right next to our hotel. They had a they had a Christmas tree lighting with a uh, uh, a movie in the park for families to come. Yes, open. it was happening. It was happening. I was like, holy shit! These people have no idea that in Indianapolis, Indiana, right now, not you can't really. It's cold as shit, but you can't walk around the street. It's, no. It's the freest place in America right now, that Florida. It's it's a whole different world than everywhere else. It is. It's lit down here. <laughs> <laughs> How are you staying safe? Do you just go home to that big-ass house every single day? That's what you, just what you do? I do. I And I watch my son walk the hallways all day, every day. Back and forth, back and forth. Little Trey Legend's getting big, man. I forgot his name was awesome like that. I forgot his name was like that. He's getting big. Hey, um, we appreciate you joining us, dude. Thank you guys so much. You know how much I love you guys and love your show. I support you. I continue to. We appreciate you. What about my neck, though, Kyle? How do you feel about my neck? It looks stank. (laughs) Watch your mouth, all right, dude? Hey, watch your mouth, bro. And you got a a bunion toe. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, good luck. Hope you get four next week, dude. Maybe maybe actually reach your potential, okay, ladies and gentlemen. Good one. See you guys. Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. 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 He's a good dude, man.
Great guy. That book thing was interesting. Yeah, Very tough. So, Mansuri was going to go off camera to tell him about it because we were trying to look out for him. But it turns out the camera that he was going to use off camera <laughs> was actually the camera that was shooting directly at Gumpy. Yep. So Mansuri kind of got caught in no man's land there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Like I didn't help him at all either. I could have cut away, but I thought it was working. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's doing a good job. No. Yeah, you out. yeah, you buried him. <laughs> yeah, he did, fuck it. By the way, it just happens to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's cold and flu season, uh-huh. you know? You're well, going to get Miami's bugs. It's full. Yeah, that's a good out. point. Dolphins are not <laughs> getting enough credit, by the way, for not having an outbreak. Because I saw some videos this weekend of Miami just. Florida. Foxy and I were on that plane Dude. last night. And, you know, we I have like a tank top on down there. It's obviously cold for Florida weather, but not. In nice. real life weather, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Tank top on and shorts, and you know, there's like uh, numerous people there. Like as we're driving, there's you see people like mm-hmm. in stores, and uh, it's like late night. People are just walking around, and we're getting on that plane. We're like, man, we're flying back to a different country in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is going to be cold as hell and locked down. Florida right now is is wide open. I mean, it is not a little bit. <laughs> it is wide open, God. and it is. You'll see people with masks. You'll see people with masks. Right. And then all of a sudden you'll see one group that has no masks. You're like, okay, those people are just like, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't we don't care what <laughs> anybody's got to say. And they're like, all right, you guys just do your thing. Everybody tries to walk. You see, like, there's like a, a splitting. But it is just <laughs> wide open down there. Not even a thought of closing down. Actually, I think the, the people we talked to, they actually turned it up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. They, op- they opened it up even more. They <laughs> okay. shut down the streets. They shut down the streets. Jeez. So more people could, uh, so they could put yeah. in the in the streets Stable. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But all that did was just make it, it was just packed. It was packed. There was a block party happening that was three, four blocks long that was just packed to the gills. There was carolers walking around, singing to families. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one guy was doing Rudolph a little bit too fucking much. Uh, he was like, me. On. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Rudolph, the red nose reindeer. And he had the red nose thing. Uh, he was like, that's me. Uh, he was like a 65-year-old man. I'm like, all right, bud, you need to relax. <laughs> all right, we get, I understand you're putting on a show here. And then the entire time, he was like, they never believed. Yeah, and I was God. like, all right, all right. I, it was for kids, obviously. But mm-hmm. I, you need to stop it, dude. You're an adult. <laughs> but yeah, Florida's wide open. Now wide open. So and the you- fact that Miami doesn't have any is insane. Because I would assume those guys, if they live in apartments or condos or whatever, oh. they're walking through probably seven parties to get to their cars when mm-hmm. it's just wide up. Because that's where everybody's going, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everybody is just going to Florida oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. Texas. Literally everybody. You got Elon Musk going mm-hmm. to Texas now. Mm-hmm. It's just wide open. Th- they know if you go out, you got to fight Flores. And you know no one wants to do that. <laughs> so they'd rather just stay in their mansions like oh. Calvin. No. I do love Flores, just not scared to go oh. out there. The ref thing last year was my first little taste of like, Ooh. oh, beef low will go. <laughs> yeah. And then yesterday, him just being like, yeah, I'll go fight a guy right now. <laughs> I'm like, I love this man. Animal. I bet you they do too. Team's yeah, yeah, good. Sure. Good for you guys, Gumpy. It's been a long time coming. Very exciting times, my friend. The um, the team has stunk for a long time. So yeah, you quick I mean? turnaround for Flores. Two years. Quick. Yeah. Hey. And by the way, if you're a bad team. You should know that if you get somebody in there that can instill a culture, you can turn around. So all these teams that are just perpetually bad know that it is potentially because of hiring. Mm-hmm. Right? Beef yeah. flows seem to have flipped that culture completely. How about Vrabel down in Tennessee? Now, granted, they got their asses beat yesterday, but he set a tone in there that was like, this is how our team's going to be. You need that sometimes. Well, how about, so as well? It seems, yeah. like, it seems like Flores, they were terrible at the beginning of last year. Culture changes. They start winning at the end of last year. Now they're good this year. 
another Belichick disciple, Joe Judge, they were terrible at the beginning of the year. Now it seems like they're starting to turn their culture yeah. around, too, and now they've won, what, five in a row? Or I, I don't want to say I've been a Giants believer from the beginning, you, you but I've been a Giants mm-hmm. believer since the very beginning. Yes. When he jumped on that fumble. That's yes. right. Yes. In the mud. In the you mud. Knew it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And whenever – I think the big thing for me about that Giants thing, even though they start out bad. I mean, they're in NFC East. Everybody start out bad. But whenever Fowler said, basically, or Herbstreit said, Saquon and Daniel Jones told us that they needed this. Like, they needed a culture reset, and they're all buying in. And I was like, as soon as you hear that, you're like, okay, if the two studs are buying in, that probably means everybody else is buying in. So I felt like it was potentially only a matter of time. Now, did I know that that, did I think that that matter of time could have potentially went the way Matt Patricia and the Lions went? Yeah, for sure. Could have. (laughs) Could have potentially lost the locker room or whatever happened, but they were going. Good for them. Big win yesterday on the road. Uh-huh. Seahawks might be dead. Yeah. By the yeah. way, not very chirpy from Seattle in the goddamn YouTube oh, comment section uh, anymore. Really? Interesting. Really? I think Twitter's down in Seattle as well. Yeah, it must oh, be. Okay. Don't go outside. Don't tweet. That is what they're doing in Seattle right now. No, those are your classic Seahawks fans, Pat. Oh, very loud. Oh, very loud oh, when they man. win. And Holy when Russ shit. can't cook, they're very quiet. The interesting thing about that is Russell might be broken. He looks good. Like it. Since trademarking, let Russ cook. He yeah. is two and three. Yeah. Kyler Murray, since trademarking, Hale Murray, 0 oh and three. Yeah, Kyler Murray is one of those ones you got to see. Like It's like the Jared Goff thing. For instance, thought Jared Goff would do well yesterday because I didn't think anybody was going to be able to get That's to right. Jared Goff. And if you can't get to Jared Goff, the Rams are going to win. Sean McVay's offense is one where if the quarterback has time to dissect things and let the play develop, things are going to happen. So that's exactly how you should be betting Rams or against the Rams. If that team you think can get to golf, bet against the Rams. Mm. If you don't think they can get to golf, bet for the Rams. And that's just, it's worked out for us very well. Mm -hmm. Another great bet, Michael Lombardi, he'll be joining us in the third hour, former general manager in the NFL. He said a great live bet is Jared Goff. After the first two series, just look in his eyes and see if he thinks he's going to have a good day. You'll be able to tell. If he thinks he's going to have a good day, hammer Goff. If it seems like he's potentially Mm -hmm. not as thrilled about what's going on, bet against Goff. Kyler Murray, I think, is the same type. You can tell whether or not he's going to dominate. And I've been a big Kyler Murray supporter as well, I, I, very early. I mean, I was even doing those. You know, I can't do it now, obviously, because my body's potentially oh, broken. Mm-hmm. But okay. I've been – it just it's hit or miss with it. I don't know why. It just feels like it's hit or miss. Like, and it might be emotionally. I don't know what it is. Invested. I don't, maybe it's game plan. I don't know. It seems like they're hit or miss, though. DeAndre Hopkins looked very frustrated yesterday, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's going to happen, especially if somebody's – because Ramsey. if oh, – so if you show up every game, okay, let's say you're somebody who shows up every game, but your job is dependent upon somebody else showing up every goddamn mm-hmm. game, that can get a little bit frustrating if you're like, come on, like, hey, last week you were the guy, this week, for whatever reason, you're not. Like, let's just – why not just be the guy every week? And I think that is part of the, the – the, you get it. <laughs> that was quite a study right there. <laughs> the developmental process. Oh. It almost, oh. With the, the thing. The thing. Yeah, There's nah. no way I could have got it's that out. Here. It's basically just hold my chin up like this. <laughs> you know when you sleep with a pillow sometimes? It's like hold your head up a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on right now with this goddamn rear naked choke and that collar thing. It's not easy. Son the, of a uh, the, I think Kyler Murray has not won a, or the Arizona Cardinals have not won a game when Kyler Murray's held under like 35 or 40 yards rushing. And since that shoulder dinged up, he has not run for even – he doesn't run anymore, which yeah. is killing him. Well, they're probably trying to keep him safe. But yeah, but you're taking away his weapons, huh? Why take away the guy's gun if you if you get send him into a gunfight? Play it safe. You're not Hit. making the playoffs. Oh, blanks. bingo, mm-hmm. bingo! You play to win the, the game. game. I'm being joined now by two men who have great 
brains when it comes to defensive football and football in general. One's the host of the Man to Man podcast. The other shows up on this show every single day. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler and A.J. Hawk. What's Boys. Boys, how's it? I look good over there in the neck brace right now, man. Well, we're waiting on the results, D-Bud, okay? <laughs> you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully everything will be okay. But Ty fears that there's a chance that... Yeah, we're looking at a possible T1, T2 vertebrae fracture. And that Ooh. could not be good, you know? Uh, those types of things. That, what's AJ? AJ, will you please relax? Serious matters. Are you okay, AJ? Is everything all right over there, dude? I'm doing great. I, I uh, how does how was Ty qualified to diagnose this? He got accepted to Harvard. I said last night, right when he went through the table, oh shit, that looks like T1, T2. I could just kind of tell by the way you know he tweaked it, he moved yeah, his neck a little bit. It didn't look good. Anyways, what's that, AJ? Sorry, you had more. <laughs> I got nothing because I want to talk to Darius eventually. But yeah, you you look like. Uh, you remind me of someone, obviously, that got in a tiny fender bender and is trying to break $80,000 settlement. Uh, tiny, tiny fender bender. A tiny fender bender. Excuse me. I don't know if you saw. I was upside down at about 20 feet last night. <laughs> neck brace looks real crispy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's brand goddamn new. I don't know how long I, I got to be in it, Darius, okay? I'm not the judge. I'm not the doctor. Neither no. is Ty. Ty's just telling doctors what he thinks is yeah, potentially happening. Speculating. Jeez Louise. Show up the damn back brace tomorrow. Come on, man. Well, if the doctor it up, says man. so. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, if what the is, doctor says back is happening. Right yeah, now. wait until I get this donut. I would sit down this whole show, but I can't because my hips are all the way off. If I had mm-hmm. a donut, I'd be sitting down talking to you guys. But let's get to it. Greg Williams made the best call in defensive football history. Yeah, Darius, yeah. you can start. <laughs> hey man, it, it was it was obviously horrible. Um, they 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 canned oh. him already this morning. So maybe I mean maybe that was his plan. Maybe he wanted to get fired. But um, as far as a lot of people were saying, he was tanking. Um, you know, coaches don't tank, players don't really tank because nobody's gonna hold over a zero and sixteen or one and fifteen DC. And obviously they let him go. But a horrible, horrible call. Even worse execution. I think I saw you say, or I don't know if it was a, it was somebody from your podcast, the Man to Man podcast. I don't know if it was a guest or you. Like, even if that call comes in, like from the headset, it's what we're going to oh, do. Oh, getting checked. Yeah, that Where has to, right? You said that on the field, somebody should be an adult and say, nah, okay, no, we're not doing that. We are 13 seconds away from our first dub here. They need to score a touchdown. This would be, is that, is that still your thought? Was that your thought? Did you tweet that? And, and how often would that be actually like happening in the NFL right now? I mean, you got to go rogue at some point, but it, it depends on who that, um, who's relaying the calls on your defense, right? So a lot of times, that if that's a veteran uh, linebacker, you know, that's getting a call, AJ gets that call late in the game, and he kind of makes it and relays it to the other guys, you know, no, 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 check, check, go mayday, 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 whatever your, you know, go-to call that everybody knows. Every defense has a quote-unquote mayday call that's kind of like the safe call. Get in that GTFB, get the fuck back. And uh, <laughs> come on, man, you, you don't, you know, I'm not playing cover zero, with fucking no timeouts. It's, that was, that's ridiculous. We got to check out of that. AJ, were you the guy that got the headset thing into, and did any of those situations ever happen? Yeah, I, I wore the headset, uh, you know, throughout the different times of my career. But, yeah, a big chunk of it. That absolutely happens. We, well, also, your, so your headset cuts off at 15 seconds on the play clock. Sometimes, guess what? These coaches don't have a call to you, so you have to make the call yourself. Like, you're looking. I'm standing there in front of the D-line, everybody. 
they're freaking out naturally because you don't have a call yet. I'm just like, all right, guys, hold on, hold on. So sometimes you just have to go ahead and make it and pull the trigger. If there's, if it looks like the offense has come to the line of scrimmage, you don't have a call. You make like a, any really, that's when you get to make a, a call you like. That's when you make the call yeah. with inside backers if you're the guy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's been times. Uh, I, I know uh, we've had a game one time we were trying to trying to to shut a shut a team out or beat them. I think we were up by a touchdown, and our this was early in my career, and we were calling in something, some kind of quarters or something, something that put us on an island a little bit. And I remember I, I'm, as I'm giving the call to the defense before I finish, multiple D linemen and all of the DBs, <laughs> no, no, everyone's nah. freaking out on me. And I was like, I get it, guys. Check Tampa. Let's go. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey. We all right. We all, we all wrong. We all right. All right. This is what I'm thinking, boys. Listen, remember, uh, we're going to go quarters. All right. Let's go ahead. And everybody like, oh, fucking take that clap all back, right. pal. Uh-huh. We are not. There ain't no ready break on that. <laughs> we are not ready breaking on that. No way. That is hilarious to think about that happening because you hear about quarterbacks, obviously. And Aaron said a couple weeks ago, joking, that he will every once in a while just act like he can't hear what LeFleur is saying and then go for his whole thing and then sometimes it does get cut off and he was just joking about his relationship with LaFleur and obviously the media was like oh, Aaron is refusing to and it was a joke yeah. but some- I, got, I got a question for you though so if it's for teams because we obviously have that great great fake punt we ran yeah, yeah. so you get that call coming in yeah, you guys don't have the, 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 the leeway to, to g-check that and be like alright we're not like what's going on there what's yeah you know I had face? hey you know I had that pool d-butt please thank you Supposed to score a touchdown against Pittsburgh on a fake field goal. Had to check out of it because Troy Polamalu was standing there, okay? Also, uh, Houston Texans onside kick. I checked into that whenever there was something going on. I remember that. I mean, so there was a couple things like that. And also, we can check to punt to a different direction if you got two returners back. And let's say Tyreek Hill's on one side and any other human on earth is on the other side. It's like, yo, we are going that way. That is where we are headed. So there's a couple of those checks, but not like game-changing stuff like you guys have to deal with. That is – that's why – and is it – I see the – is the secondary getting the play call from the linebacker as well, or is normally that a sideline hand signal? Uh, so some teams do it differently. Like if you're in like a two minute drive or something that's super fast pace, uh, some defenses will have a guy that's signaling to the uh, DBs. Um, so everybody doesn't because you're not huddling, obviously. But uh, nine times out of 10 is coming in from an LB and they're just relaying it. And we just, you know, once I hear the call, I just tell the person next to me. And we uh, it's usually the, the, the last person to get the call is the furthest corner. Um, away from the uh, home sideline or your your team sideline, but um, you know, most teams comes through a backer and it relays throughout the defense. AJ, weren't you a mute? How were you doing that in college? <laughs> <laughs> well, in college, you, you don't have a, at least I don't think they have speakers now. They didn't have speakers when I was playing, so they were relaying it into me, and then I'm relaying it to the defense. I mean, yeah, I, I like I said, yeah, I was somewhat of a mute my, the majority of my life, but I could get when in front of the team, like in front of the huddle during a game, I could speak. I'd be fine. Huh. Hmm. It's interesting. So you just chose not to speak to anybody but your teammates. That's what I'm learning. Somewhat, yeah. I mean, we were all of us, you know, working together to, towards one common goal. Like, I had no problem with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darius, aside from, obviously, that call, which captivated the world, Greg Williams has now been fired. Rex Ryan said it was the stupidest call he's ever seen in his 50 years of football existence or whatever, which is hysterical. <laughs> that, that's a long time. What else did you see from yesterday was your big takeaway? I mean, there's a lot of teams that look alive, a lot of teams that look dead. What was your biggest thoughts and uh, storylines coming out of Week 13 yesterday? 
Ah, oh, man, obviously one of the biggest ones is going to be the Wentz. The Wentz hurt situation there. Obviously, oh, been yeah. calling for Wentz's head for some weeks now. Um, so I was happy to see Hurts get his shot in there. Um, you know, you had the Giants upsetting the Seahawks, which was crazy. Um, I don't know what's going on with Russ, but it's not looking good. And the Patriots, the Patriots, like I told you guys a month ago, yeah. were not dead. Wow. They whooped up on the Chargers 45 to zip. That that shocked me. And I think it's gonna end up costing uh Lynn his job, unfortunately. But uh that was I was definitely taken back by that uh that performance by New England. D but the uh we talked AJ and I talked about this last week. And Anthony Lynn told the media that he told his team that you know what, boys, there's there's no playoffs for us probably this year. You know, and I and I just said, like, isn't a coach's job to paint a picture of hope, like, and uh, like somehow to keep guys going, like, because playoffs doesn't mean just more football; it means more money. Okay, it means more opportunity for a lot of people. Like, playoffs is what we're in this whole thing for, trying to get to the dance. If you still have a chance to be in it, a coach is going up the room, and being like, "Well, boys, let's be, hey, let's let's be real." Okay, <laughs> wait. So they're they're mathematically still. No, today, today they are mathematically eliminated. When he said this, they were not at the wow. time. They wow. were not exactly. So I'm happy That's you bad. had that same reaction because is that not something that the coach? I almost knew the Chargers were going to lose by a thousand. Almost as soon as I heard that their head coach told their team, like, "Yeah, we got no chance this year, boys." Even though they did, we have no chance this year. That's crazy because normally the noise comes from outside the locker room, yeah, not inside the locker room. That was weird. Yeah, that, that's wild. That's crazy. I don't think I've ever heard of that because I've been on teams where it was the longest shot in hell that we actually make the playoffs. But you kept out, hey, if this team loses and that team and then this team, and, like you keep, you got to keep hope alive. And even once you are mathematically eliminated, you know, you just keep it real with the team. Like, hey, we're all basically playing for our jobs, you know, coaching for our jobs. So even though we're not going to the playoffs, you know, it's still something to fight and play for um, as a professional. And, and that's your job at the end of the day anyway. But that's crazy for a coach to get up in front of his team and tell him, like, yeah, we're not going to playoffs this year while not being mathematically eliminated. That's 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 some wild shit. He's still got his job, I think, as of right now. Everybody, yeah, yeah. He, he was asked yesterday whether or not he thinks he'll have his job. He said, I expect I will. AJ, what's your big takeaway from Week 13 NFL Sunday, Bob. Well, I want to ask D-Butt a question real quick. I think I sent you a message on Twitter, and Pat, I got your number now, D-Butt, so I'll be texting you all my DB questions and things when I <laughs> cover that I'm confused about. But on that last play, that zero blitz, they, it looked like they had a linebacker or a safety spying the quarterback when it was Derek Carr. Like, is that the case, and why the hell wouldn't you put that guy in the middle of the field? Yeah, he, He's got to be hug. I feel like he's got to be hug rushing. He's got to be on the line. He was in no man's land. so he, 18 yards deep. Yeah, he's either got to be <laughs> – like, he's literally – he's not helping anyone just sitting there. So, on the snap, he kind of just hung around and then kind of added on late. But uh, as a backer, you know, um, you know, people call it different things. You just got to add on that rush. So, if you are – your responsibility in cover zero is I'm covering the back. As soon as you – you know you bring cover zero, so more than likely that back is going to have to stay in the block. So, you got to be ready to – and I heard Rex say it this morning, you'd rather be early than late as a blitzer. So, um, because if you're late, you, you, you're not helping anybody. So, a terrible execution from that standpoint. And then from the standpoint of the, the, the um, corner, Lamar Jackson, you know, biting on the double move on the third and 10. Uh, but he was put in a bad spot. I think he was a rookie. Terrible spot. Terrible call by the coach. And like I said, even worse uh, execution. Yeah, but the players are a bunch of cards for not checking out of it. That's what I've learned here. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? It, it depends on the dynamic too of who that play caller is and who the who the uh, the guy is on the field taking that call. Because that's a young linebacker. I'm sure he's not empowered by Greg Williams to make a change. But if you have a first year D coordinator 
and you got Dequell Jackson and Michael Lime, at Mike Linebacker, and that call come in and DQ say, hey, I changed that shit. You're not gonna get questioned by it, so that 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 makes a difference as well. But uh, definitely should have should have G checked that. Who uh, who called him out in the media afterwards? It's one of the players. Yeah, uh, it was a linebacker. May? Marcus May. One of the linebackers. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw safety. that. The safety. I thought that was gonna be an awkward day, but they were like, "Yeah, hey, don't worry about it. We're just gonna fire the guy." <laughs> you're right. We, we're probably like, we're agree. <laughs> hey, you're right. Listen, Gase is gonna go up there and he's gonna say he thought it was a good call or whatever. If that play is made. Everybody's probably celebrating in the moment of like Greg Williams went and attacked it and did all that thing. But I think people that know defense would still be like, that was an incredibly dumb gamble that did not need to be made. Right? Yeah, it, it was it was terrible. Just because they needed a touchdown. And um, you know, but like you said, if he makes the play, then maybe you look back at the numbers and say, Hey, you know, Derek Carr throughout this game went under oh, pressure yeah. when we sent this blitz. This is how he was, and he was kind of fidgeting the pocket throughout the game. And the play before that. The receivers had got behind the defense as well. So maybe Craig was like, you know, F it. If, if they're going to get behind us anyway, I might as well send the house. AJ, but, what uh, if you're going to send that gas, send it right. AJ, what you say to me earlier with uh, whenever you got guys on man, not only could they get beat by guys that run four threes and shit, but that's also that's a setup for a pass interference, which is a big free play. Like there's so many things that could go wrong there. Even if they get a sack or something like that, there's just so many opportunity for failure there with 13 seconds left, potentially winning your first game there. Well, Derek Carr, I, I'm guessing his pre-snap read, he's like, there's no way they're bringing zero. <laughs> no, this cannot be. And then all of a sudden, as the place, like, if if you're a quarterback in that situation, you see him bringing a zero blitz, if he could just backpedal long enough to, and just put the ball in the air, and you're going to hopefully, you know, get your receiver to come back for it, get a P.I. call, keep the game going. Like, that's worst-case scenario I'm looking at if I'm Derek Carr. They missed the deep ball before that play, right down the middle to uh, – Angular. At, at, Aguilar. Hey, whatever, 15. <laughs> Catch we call babies. them by numbers. Catch it. 15. Guy's fast. Sometimes drops it whenever he wears an <laughs> Eagles helmet, but seems like he's good for the Raiders. What do you got, Connor? Debo, what do you think about uh, your Dolphins going to war with the Bengals, and how awesome is it for your head coach to uh, trying to be fight at anyone on a football field? That game was wild from the, from the beginning. They got they tossed X Howard out in the beginning, him and our boy for throwing punches, which I think they should have stayed in the game, maybe got fined. But to have B-Flow go out there and, and, and take the field like that, uh, players, players love that type of shit. I'm not going to lie. Yes. I, I played I play for B-Flow. I'm familiar with him, know him. And uh, the guys, they're going to rally around that. And, and, it, and he, it was, it was, he was you know, rightfully so, you know, taking cheap, cheap shots on his guys. So it's not like he'll probably be disciplined for it. But, you know, the team's going to ride for it. And, and since he's been there, he, he's changed that culture. And you see it in the locker room. You see the guys love playing for each other. And, um, you know, they love playing for the coaching staff. So, I, I mean, I loved every bit of it. I thought more guys would get tossed. But uh, I, like, I like the little scrum. You know, it's interesting. Harbaugh wanted to go fight, you know, the, all, the entire Tennessee Titans, and nobody showed up. B-Flow started walking over there, and the Dolphins were like, yeah, yeah we're going to war right now. Let's do it. That, we talked to Kyle Van Noy earlier, and he was like, we got a scrappy team. We like that. When a team has an identity or a defense has an identity, AJ, that has to help so much. This is what's expected every single day. There's some teams out there that have no identity. I don't think they have a single clue what they're supposed to be. They have no idea what they're good at. That is problematic for everybody whenever that's the case. Yeah, when you have no identity, especially like if you're going out there, you're going out in these games and you're just hoping to win. Like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Oh, I hope we can find a way to, to beat these guys. But if you have an identity and you have like high expectations, yeah, they're going into the game thinking, hey, we're gonna, if you're a defense, we're going to win this game. We're going to physically 
punish their whole offense. Everybody, like, we're going to win in the trenches. We're going to, and I think if you look at like the Giants, if you listen to any of their comments post game, they're all talking about like, hey, like we have a lot of swagger around here. Like things we know, like we can do this. They obviously have a chip on their shoulder because everyone wrote them off early in the year. Like that's what a defense looks like when they're starting to take an identity. And a, I guess a team as a whole, and they find a way to win. They're not putting up crazy numbers, but they got to win. And there's a ton of hope there for sure. Chuck loves swag, man. Chuck loves swagger. He said, know what you're going to do when you get in the end zone. Listen, have yeah. something prepared. I want us coming out here feeling good, swagging. I want us to do the whole thing. <laughs> that whole thing. And then I do a dance after completing a pass on Thanksgiving. I'm fine three days later. You <laughs> definitely got to have that identity. And Chuck coached down at UM, too, back in the heyday. So, you know, it, it was built up. In, but I got a funny story about identity. On my one of my rookie visits, I go and visit – Rex Ryan, it was his first year as a Jets head coach, I believe, coming from Baltimore. And literally, on a, he takes me in the room, we watch, and cuts on a clip, just shows an interception. Uh, somebody on Baltimore gets a pick. And the defensive guys were just, I mean, peeling back. I mean, like, got five, 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 crack back after crack back after crack back. Cut the, cut the clip off. He's like, hey, you want to play for that type of defense? Like, that's that's what we do. I'm like, damn right. So, I mean, you got to know that I, before you even get in the building and call a play call, you got to know who and what we are as a defense and as a team. Uh, the Green Bay Packers offense feels like one that knows their identity. Listen, we're going to be good, and we're going to dance on people's graves, and we're going to celebrate it. That Bakhtiari sprinting down there, Aaron Rodgers was sprinting down there on Aaron Jones' 77-yard touchdown, and then Devontae Adams with the we love gold in mm -hmm. the gold zone with the bald Aaron. That team has really come together. Now, will their defense and special teams be able to keep up? Hopefully that, that will be the case. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you know, again, we I've – said this all year we've kind of you know repeated this but you know i mean when your offense has to score 45 you know 52 points a game to, to win every week it's you're not always going to score that many that's going to be tough to do uh let's talk about today's game shall we with uh you two fine gentlemen darius we'll start with you uh at five o'clock the football team travels to pittsburgh to play the steelers it will only be on a few channels so not everybody will be mm. watching this the steelers win games they figure out ways to win games it's not always pretty but who cares they get dubs how do you see this game going do you think this is when the Steelers potentially get tripped up they had an awkward Wednesday afternoon football now they have Monday late afternoon football how do you feel about it what do you see happening in this game man a gritty man gritty finding a way to win week in week out got called out by the coach after a win I mean which I'm sure they don't mind you know Mike T always keeps it real but I see them uh winning the game and I see them winning it uh I'm gonna say at least by a touchdown uh I see a decisive decisive win Got a lot of challenges ahead, you know, 12, gang, 12 days, three games, whatever. Play the games, they come out, find a way to win. So I'm taking Pittsburgh to win it. But I don't think Big Ben will hit that over. What was it? Uh, two, was it 260? 276. 276, yeah. He'll, he'll be under that. But I uh, definitely think they win the game. Try to get that uh, ground game established as well. Hey, that was a matter of fact right there, by the way. Yeah, he'll be under that. But they're going to win the game for sure. Ooh, like that. Yeah, yeah, like that as well. What's the weather like in Pittsburgh today? Uh, miserable? Good 30s, I think. Oh, it's always oh. miserable over there sometimes. It seems like most of America, as soon as one particular date hits, the sun just says, well, I'm not fucking, I'm going south anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not bad at Pittsburgh, though. 30s in uh, December? No, nah, it's nice, but there won't be any sun. It'll be like gloomy, doomy, probably mm -hmm. windy if I had to guess. Yeah, 30, uh, 33, 29 degrees uh, at, in the fourth quarter. No wind, or no no rain, winds at eight miles an hour. It's not yeah, no problem. That's it's a nice beautiful sun. day. Yeah. You're down there in Florida, though. I just got back from there. It is the freest state in the union. That is the freest state where everywhere else is locked. 
Don. It's wild. A- wild down here. AJ, football team versus Steelers, six and a half points. Uh, I always thought, just like what D-Butt said there, bounce back game after getting chewed out after a win. I thought the Raiders were going to do that. And obviously, they did not. It came down to a cover zero all-out blitz to win. <laughs> they still win, but whatever. Do you think the Steelers get a game under their belt here where they win like they should? Or, or do you think Washington gives them a little bit of problems, AJ? No, I think there's a good chance Pittsburgh does get uh, gets back on track and they get a game. Like It looks the way it should look for a Pittsburgh team that's undefeated. So I think that happens tonight. I think they cover. What, six and a half? Is that what you mm-hmm. said? Yeah, mm-hmm. six and a half. I think they win. I think they cover. I mean, the the thing that could cause some havoc is if that that uh, pass rush for Washington kind of gets after Ben and they could create a couple turnovers. That's the only thing that would worry me if I'm a Pittsburgh fan. All right, Bills at 49ers. 49ers are favored by one in Arizona. This game is taking place in Arizona. Uh, go ahead, Dick. The line is now minus two and a half Niners. Jesus. What the fuck? Uh-oh. What do they know that we do? I like that. that. I like that. Gumpy's getting crazy back there. <laughs> Gumpy, Gumpy likes the Bills, I'd assume. Bills six one and two. Their last nine is a road dog. Boom. Get down. Oh, and it's out Do in have, San Fran. Nine, yeah, it's Arizona. Um, nine four and two. Their oh, last Arizona, fifteen Arizona. against the spread on the road as well. <laughs> okay, so all the stats and trends say that the Bills probably going to win this one here. They're getting two and a half points in Arizona against the Santa Clara 49ers who've been kicked out of their hometown. How do you see this going, Darius? Once again, adversity, but they've been dealing with it all year. I feel like every week it's a tough out against the Niners. I love what uh, Robert Soleil does on defense. Oh. I'm taking the Niners to win this one. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm taking them to win this game. I'm going to go with Vegas on this one. Wow. This is Vegas, by the way. You know that this is where all, everybody's betting the Bills. You heard this entire room go, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you're like, well, anytime you hear a large group of people say like, oh, we love that particular side, Vegas is sitting there staring at their $15 billion <laughs> chandeliers going, that's what we like. Uh, we have to get to a break. Darius, thank you so much for joining us. The Man to Man podcast is fantastic, bub. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you for having me, man. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey! Uh, we have to get to a break here relatively soon. Diggs, you were going to say something real quick there? Uh, so the line is getting easier for the Bills to cover, but all the money and the public is on the Bills, so that doesn't make sense. So feels like 49ers are the play. feels like Niners are the play if you want to make money is what it sounds like. Not me, though, because we had Josh Allen on the show Friday, so I'm betting on Josh. That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's because I'm a guy. I'm a loyal guy. That's why this happened. Yeah, that's true. Okay, because I'm a loyal guy. Joining us now is a a man who is a former (laughs) general manager in the NFL and a Super Bowl champion and another Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi and A.J. Hawk. Yeah! You know... Pat, you look like uh, Matt Damon after he got rescued in the Bourne Identity there. You know, he got the bullet in his back, bruises all over him. You know, it was impressive. I'm proud of you. I hope you're all right. I'm okay. We'll find out if I am officially all right. Mm -hmm. I don't know when the results come back. Hopefully sometime soon because it is difficult in a neck brace. I don't know if you've ever had one to really do anything that is convenient. You know what I mean? It's hard hard to to drink. I can see that. It's hard to tweet because you can't really look down. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's a little bit of a tough go here, but not as tough as Greg Williams morning. Michael Lombardi. He got fired this morning. Adam Gase said yesterday something along the lines like he didn't dismiss the play. He just said we're going to try to go after it or whatever. Today he's fired. How do you see that everybody's gone over there, huh? Even the GM, you think? Do you think the entire Jets organization's getting rebuilt, or you think the GM stays? I think the GM stays, but oh, I think this a- is a statement that they had to make. Look, I, I think anybody who confuses 
Greg Williams's rogue mentality at the end of that game with trying to tank is making a mistake. I mean, if you analyze the drive from five minutes to go in the game when the Raiders got the ball to when the fourth down play occurred, and it was fourth and three. They repeated it twice. They scored a touchdown once. Oh, oh those dogs. <laughs> he will not be outbarked. He will not be outbarked. I apologize. Uh, when they scored, got called back for holding. Got called back for holding. Then they went fourth and three. They don't get it. During that time, they, the Jets called timeout. The Jets called a timeout because they wanted to preserve some time in case they did score to get it back. The Jets were playing to win. Watch that series. They were playing their butts off to win. And anybody who suggests that they were trying to tank as a result to get Trevor is wrong. Those poor kids got cheated out of a win because of some rogue behavior by a defensive coordinator. Yeah, Mike, uh, I, I saw a report that they said, like, when the play call was going in from Greg Williams, Adam Gase was already taking his headset off, giving it to somebody like head coaches do. If that's the case, like, do you think the head coach should be there right with the D coordinator just checking in on what the call was going to be? Wow. You know, I, I talked to somebody in the league today who's a, a prominent head coach, a former head coach in the league, and he said that, you know, if, if you just know how to manage games in the league the way it is today, you can win 75% of your game. I mean, we've lost the head coach in the National Football League. We don't have them anymore. We have play callers. We don't have head coaches. Like, just hypothetically say at the end of that game, Joe Gibbs was there or Bill Parcells, they would have heard the call and say, we're not running that call timeout. We're not running that call timeout. We're not running that, Greg. Shut up. We're not running it. Call timeout. And yet they let it go. It's because we've created a culture of independent contractors. Greg Williams runs the defense. This coach runs the offense. It's really a, a horrible way. And that's why so many games are mismanaged from planning to the execution. Uh, so whenever you're thinking about that, whenever you have to hire a new head coach, and I would assume that in your eyes as a former general manager, but you're also, I mean, a coaching consultant for the greatest coach in the history of football. So, I mean, you know from both sides here. you got a lot of jobs that are going to – now, you don't think the GM at the Jets is going to be gone. Joe Douglas, good luck with the next build. We have a guy from Philly in here. He said the same thing, like, Joe Douglas is good. We'll see what he ends up doing. But there's a lot of jobs that are going to be open, GM and coach. If you were the owner, what do you do? You hire a GM first and say, okay, you go get your coach? Or do you say, like, all right, who? What, how do you go about that whole process so you don't mess it up? Because everybody's – not everybody. A lot of teams seem to fuck it up completely whenever they have to bring somebody in to guide their ship? Because they hire a scheme. They don't hire a leader and they don't hire a philosophy. They hire a scheme. They hire, you know, Pat Shermer's going to bring the West Coast offense in. They're going to hire, you know, this coach to bring the Pete Carroll defense in, Dan Quinn. You know, they don't hire a philosophy. I'm going to sit down and interview. I want to know who are you? Who do you want to be on offense? Who do you want to be on defense? Who do you want to be in the kicking game? What players do you want to play with? What does your team look like? How do you want to behave? I think it's really important that the head coach is the spokesman of the team because you both have been in locker rooms, right? The players respect the guy stands in front of them every day. He's got to talk to them. They think they have to believe they work for him. If they work for me, they, they make the coach seem little. They can't work for me. They work for him. Now, I might be able to control their salaries. He controls their employment, two different things. And I think you've got to be able to convey that. And you have to have a coach who's going to have a philosophy that fits all three phases. That's what I'm looking for. And if it's the guys in college or guys in pro, I want somebody to come in and run a program and build a team. 
We'll find coaches to call plays. We'll find coaches to teach the systems that we want to implement. But this is a broken system in the NFL. We're losing nine, seven or eight, nine jobs a year because the system's broke. It's completely broken. It's an independent contractor system that's been regulated by people that want to split it up so that they have more power within the organization. Mike, is are there any guys or any young coaches out there, guys or girls, that are like kind of on the track to be one of those head coaches and not just be a play caller? Like you said, I think that explains it perfectly. Like there's there's play callers, not head coaches. But with the system broke, can we have those old school head coaches again? Yeah, I mean, I think Don Martindale is the. I think John Don Martindale could be a John Madden clone. I mean, he's been around Al Davis. He's played. His defense has been really good. He plays with guys on defense. That, that most teams, I mean, LJ Ford was cut by about four teams, right? He ends up being a, a contributor for him. He's got good players in the secondary. He has a rapport with the players. Plus, when you talk to Martindale, you're talking to a guy that understands, this is what I want to do on offense. This is what I want to do on defense. This is what I want to do in the kicking game. These are the kind of players I have to have to be successful. That's all you're looking for. As Belichick says, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. I mean, Joe Judge is doing a hell of a job with a bad team because he's just kind of doing that. He's got a belief. Every game, he manages it to give his team a chance to win. It's not pretty, but he does it. How come there's so many bad coaches? In my head, while you were talking about that, I just started, like, in my head, like, I've said this twice now today, and I I probably would be friends with this guy, so I've never met him, so I kind of feel bad saying it. But Anthony Lynn telling his team last week that they had no chance of making the playoffs when they still had a chance to make the playoffs, that makes me question every other thing that he does. Is Like, if you're a player, you got to be like, what the fuck is this guy? He doesn't talk to the team before the game. Anthony Lynn doesn't talk to the team before. The, there's some head coaches that don't talk to the team before the game. Not talking to the team, hey, fellas, let's go. Here's our reminders. we got to start fast. We're going to do this, this, this. Here's what we're going to do. I'm not talking about new Rockney bullshit. I'm talking about <laughs> talk to the team. Tell them what they got to do. He doesn't talk to the team. I mean, the, and uh, the bad coaches. Boss told me this in 1984. 1984, he said, you know, there's just a bunch of guys that are well-paid gym teachers working in the league. And what he meant by that, guys that just roll the ball out and say, let's play kickball today, as opposed to being tactical with your approach. And that's why there's really, you know, when you look at the league, you're only competing against eight or nine teams, really, at the end of the day. You got nothing, AJ? You don't even want to talk to Michael Lombardi anymore? Jeez, AJ. I, I thought you were pointing to Ty. No, I have plenty of questions for Mike. This yeah, me too, by the way. He's been around for like 95 years, and all he does is just football, football, football. He wakes up football, goes to sleep football. He's a never-ending source of knowledge for this whole thing. Go ahead, AJ. I appreciate that, Pat, but I've hit the mute button. I mean, so, the, the, the game is going bad. I mean, there's oh, so many wow. bad things happening on that field that we're not being educated about as fans, and the coaches are getting away with it. I mean, even after that game, like, there's no, Greg Williams should have been called on the carpet after that game. Instead, it was, well, the Jets tanked. You know, it's like football is a game of chess. We need people to explain what's actually happened in the chess game. 
Yeah, that is something that's very important for the commentators, by the way, is to tell the story of the game because I've always said this about kickers and punters. People are only getting their information about kickers and punters from the commentator. So if the commentator says, this guy's really good at kicking and punting, the people at home have no idea what a good kicker and punter is. They're like, they're good. So if a commentator says something bad about me, I'm like, hey, motherfucker, why don't you go do some research, actually? Because you're telling an entire crew of people that know nothing about my job that I'm not good at it or whatever. But if somebody says I'm good, I'm like, hey, I appreciate you like doing a little bit of research there and helping me out but that's what a commentator is supposed to do you're watching the game you're setting the tone you're educating people and even though the league has been around for 101 years there's still a lot more to talk about i think that's why i'm so bummed out about a lot of the commentators and why i'm so passionate because i love the game i love the league i've got a chance to be inside of it and see all the inner workings and all the detail and everything like that and it's just such lazy nonsense out there it's bad it really is go ahead aj mike so uh I got two questions. Adam Gase, if the Jets let him go, where do you think he goes from there? Does he get a job in the NFL? Is he a coordinator or whatever? And also uh, Harbaugh at Michigan, if they let him go, do you think there's real uh, any heat to the rumors that, that some NFL teams may be interested? And why? Well, I mean, Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh will have to go somewhere if he leaves Michigan. He's got to prove that he can have a good relationship with the GM. I mean, the last time in San Francisco, it, between he and Trent Balky, it kind of there was a lot of conflict. And unless he goes somewhere where he can run the whole organization and find somebody that he trusts, really trusts, that can help him procure talent, it's probably not going to go well. So I think it's a situation with the right owner building the right culture. That's A. B, I think Adam Gase is regulated to go into being an offensive coordinator. I think he probably would be best, most benefit from taking a year off kind of repairing himself a little bit. He went from the Miami job right to the Jet job. I think that's always a mistake when you do that. I think you should take some time to reflect, kind of go over what you made mistakes out. Now Adam Gase is never going to become a head coach again based on this. Whereas I think if you take some time away from it, it really can help you and develop yourself as a coach. And then he's got to develop himself as a coordinator that's not relying on Peyton Manning. That's how he's gotten his jobs. Peyton Manning's gotten him his jobs. He needs to prove that he can coach the quarterback at a high level without it being his name, Peyton Manning. And Peyton, by the way, is uh, is calling those plays. I, uh-huh. I do believe. And in practice. And in the meeting, I'd assume. <laughs> and, there should be a wing in the Hall of Fame we call the Peyton Manning wing. For how many and jobs he's gotten? For people that he helped get in there. <laughs> I'm, not taking, I'm not taking anything against it, but he's got all he's, there's people he's helped. I mean, there's no doubt. And it's rightly so. But the, the guy is truly trans. trans uh, he's uh, transformed a lot of careers. I, I can't wait to hear his uh, Hall of Fame speech, by the way. It is mm-hmm. going to be awesome. And it, it, he'll tell he'll tell such a good story, too. He'll weave in some emotional parts and then some hilarious stories. I'm pumped for it. Connor, what do you got? Uh, Mr. Lombardi, are there any interim head coaches right now that you see? Can my dad walk in here? I mean, I'm no mister. Yeah, have a little hey. respect, please. Can my dad walk in here? Oh, my God. for the organization. Do you see these hats? I have to address you formally, Mr. Lombardi. <laughs> Uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. All right, no, Mike. Don't. I, mean, uh, like I went for Al Davis. I was told more than you could ever imagine many days of my life. So you can call me anything. I answer. See, that's why yeah. That's why Pi's on here is a good guy. Yeah. That's Come why on. you will continue to be a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> informally, Michael, are there any uh, interim head coaches, whether it be the Falcons, the Lions, hopefully the Bears in a couple weeks here, <laughs> that will be head coaches of that team next year? Or are all spots going to be open? 
I would think that, that Raheem Morris has a really good chance down in Atlanta. I mean, it's not going perfect, but at least he, they know him and he's comfortable. And he can he's improved their defense tremendously from the Dan Quinn cover three scheme, that the Pete Carroll thing that he's done. He's given them some versatility. They're not talented enough offensively. I think their problems are, are more offensively. Matt Ryan has not looked good. You know, Julio can't stay on the field for more than five plays. That's a problem. Ridley's kind of tried to play through some injuries. Their offensive line got beat up. So I think if Morris has showed enough to where if he's with the right GM, I think you can feel like you have a chance. But a lot of these guys, they got to get with the right guy. They got to get somebody to help them be a head coach. Like I think Todd Bowles could be a great head coach. But Todd Bowles is going to have somebody who's going to help him be a head coach, somebody who's going to help him kind of navigate some of the things that, that they get hit with on a daily basis in terms of game management, game preparation, and all that stuff. Yeah, the, I'm intrigued to see what dipshit gets hired as, as a job. And then we all go, yeah, we didn't know this guy existed for a reason, and he kind of pans out. What do you got, Diggs? Michael, being a former GM, how screwed are the Eagles that Carson Wentz has the most guaranteed money in the league next year, and they just benched him uh, last yesterday? Bro, more than Matt Ryan. Hey, hey no Michael. Value. Michael. No trade value. Yes, sir. Matt Ryan's owed $100 million over the next couple of years, and somehow Carson Wentz is owed more. So it's that's a wild scene over there in Philly. It really is. I mean, and everybody in Philly wants Jalen Hurts to play, but once he gets in the game, and like he did in that Packer game, when you rush Hurts a certain way where you make him play quarterback, under center quarterback, in the pocket quarterback, all you know, that's not going to go good. And Wentz is broken. I mean, and Jeff Lurie's got to sit there and ask himself the question, if I bring Doug back, does he solve these problems? Mm-hmm. And if I don't bring Doug back, who can solve these problems? Because he can't get away from Carson Wentz. I mean, he can't even call up the Colts and say, hey, Frank, I know you like Carson Wentz. Give us your one. The Colts will laugh at him. The Colts will, you know, there's no trade value in Carson they, They've done such a bad job with Carson Wentz. He has no trade value now. Can I and follow, that's when it really hurts. Can I follow up on trade value that was mentioned this morning, actually? Deshaun, I think Connor was asking this. Deshaun Watson. Okay, if they're going to rebuild that entire thing, and he just got on a fresh contract, by all accounts, Deshaun Watson, good quarterback. Now, granted, at the mesh point yesterday, end of the game, he they fumble, they lose to the Colts again. He's actually upset about losing in a season that is a losing season. So you got to think that the guy at least cares. Is there any trade value you think for Deshaun Watson? Oh, I mean, look to me. Here's the way you look at Deshaun Watson. If you're the GM, Deshaun Watson is the solution. Trading him is creates bigger problems. I'm, if I'm the GM of the Houston Texans, my whole premise is going to be I'm going to make you the solution. I'm going to build an offensive line that you're not going to get touched. We're going to have receivers that can run the foot, that can run routes, and we're going to build a complementary defense to what you do offensively. We're going to build this thing in three phases, offense, defense, kicking game, and you're the signature of what we're doing. I need you to be great. I'm not answering the telephone call. I got, I got what everybody else wants. I've got the answer at quarterback. I need to fill in the blanks. At Ty Schmidt. Michael, when you look at the uh, Saints, if Drew Brees were to come back uh, like before the playoffs, do you think they're better off sticking with Taysom Hill? And also, why hasn't uh, Alvin Kamara been as much of an option now that he is the starting quarterback? I, I, that one I can't quite figure out. I mean, you know, they play the game. I mean, the, the, the Denver game they played not to lose, so throw that one away. Yesterday, Kamara made a few plays. It wasn't the typical Kamara that we're used to seeing especially when Breeze is in there. I mean, my sense of it is is I think that Taysom Hill throws the ball fairly well. I mean, turnover in the red zone really was his big issue yesterday. I mean, he made the mistake. He fumbled. He tried to do too much. He played outside himself on that play. 
But for me, I think he's played pretty well for what they're asking him to do. And they're playing so well defensively. Everybody was on Atlanta yesterday as the pick. You know, and, and the Saints keep going against these teams that, like, the last time they played Atlanta, everybody was on Atlanta on the pick. The Saints are good, and they play good complementary football in all three phases. I think they keep going. What I think they'll get Breeze right away back in there, but they'll still have Taysom Hill package. And now when he comes in the game, you got to be careful the package is expanded. You know what I thought yesterday while watching? I didn't get to watch the full game, obviously, because I was preparing for war games. <laughs> the um, When I watched the highlights, it felt like Taysom Hill this week was told by Sean Payton in film, and Drew probably was helping him as well. And he was circling potential previous plays that he played in the first two weeks, and he's like, hey, this guy is open when it looks like this. He's, he's, he, it might be covered, because it felt like he was throwing into tighter targets. Michael Thomas made a couple close grabs, some other plays. It looked like he was getting back on his hitch step and releasing and pulling the trigger, as opposed to maybe the last couple weeks where he was like looking around because he thought everybody was covered. If he's going to continue to grow like that going forward as a saints fan you got to be pumped about sean payton's brain and that guy's ability yeah i think it's true i think sean payton's great and i thought the guy had a rhythm to what he was doing look here's what most quarterbacks this is where most quarterbacks get in trouble is on wednesday thursday and friday practice when the play doesn't go on sunday as it went wednesday to thursday and friday and the play breaks down. This is what happens to Trubisky all the time. When it's practiced on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and it goes that way in the game, he looks like he could be the starting quarterback. When it breaks down, he looks like he can't play. And I think we saw what Taysom Hill over the last couple weeks is, if it's not scripted, he still can make some plays and he finds guys. I think that's critical to a quarterback success. Because we all look at the play in practice and we script. You guys know, you play. Most practices with coaches are scripted for success. The really good coaches script for unsuccess. I want to see what the guy does when it's not there. And I think that's what you're seeing out of Taysom Hill. All right, Mike. We can't thank you enough for joining us. In about, Thanks, guys. In about, I'll see you on Hammerdown. We got, we're, we're on a roll, man. We, hey, keep it going. we are 16-2 and two on the weekend of Hammerdown. An hour, yeah. an hour and seven minutes from now live at YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Michael Lombardi, Tone Diggs, Bubba Gumpino, myself, and Mitt giving out picks for tonight's game. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on Steve. Hey, see you later, Michael Lombardi. Hey, I am wearing a neck brace because I am awaiting results uh, for why my entire body feels the way it does. I would assume flying off of a steel cage is not beneficial to your body, but until I know that I don't have a... T1, T2 vertebrae fracture. I'm going to do everything I can to protect myself in a precautionary fashion. Uh, my ass hurts right now. Oh, okay, sure. I should be sitting on a donut, but we do not have access to any donuts at the time. No. I used to make fun of my father for using one whenever he would walk around the house. I no longer will laugh at anybody that has to do it because with the way my hips are currently sitting as if it was a seesaw with one fat ass and one tiny person, Ooh. it feels as if I could potentially use a donut, but we will survive. We, we will survive. Some teams won't survive, though. There are no. some teams that are dead. Chargers. Ooh. Their coach pronounced them dead last week. Turns out they are officially <laughs> dead today. Uh, there's a lot of overreaction happening, and we want the people of the world to be a part of it. Uh, it ended up being like the number two trending topic on Twitter, so we appreciate everybody for getting yeah, involved. Uh, Pearl Harbor, obviously, number one trend. Mm -hmm. uh, rest in peace to all those that passed away during that. How many years ago? 70? 1941, so. 69. 69. 
<laughs> That's just not correct. Yeah, 79. 79. I forgot the 10. <laughs> it's a big time. You know, the thing about math is when you just leave out 10, yeah. you're problematic. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I forget it's 2020, not 2010, you know? You see? In those, by the <laughs> way, the years, the years on the other. Hey, by the way, 2010, <laughs> yeah. much hey, different man. time than yeah. it is right now. Good music. 2010, everything was Florida that I just came out of, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Fox and I did talk about it. It felt like we were in a movie from back in time, whenever the it world, did. the That's way the awesome. world was happening. Oh. Um, but whenever the the years keep tacking on on top of the 2000, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the quick math on the one side of it and the exactly. other side of it, it does continue to add up. Uh, and the good news for everybody is it's about to be 21 years since 2000. Yeah. Coming oh, up so, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, 2020 has been rather tough. Um, also, this weekend, a friend of mine passed away, by the way. Just want to give a quick shout-out to DJ Indiana Jones. I appreciate shout the hell out of you, man. He was, um, he was a man who, if you ever came to Indianapolis, you ran into. He was always out for, like, the last literally 20 years, 30 years, he was always out. He was always an upbeat guy. And as soon as you hear DJ Indiana Jones, you can't help but be like, this motherfucker's name is Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. And then you look up at him, and you go talk to him, and he's, like, the most cool, most positive guy of all time. When I came to Indianapolis, I obviously went out a lot. Uh, and he was out in a lot of places that I went. And he was one of the most welcoming people to this entire city and state of anybody. And he is probably a reason why I love this city and state so much, because of how welcoming he was to me, how nice he was to me. My wife and I are, are friends with he DJed at our wedding. He passed away this weekend. Big rest in peace to DJ Indiana Jones. Uh, life well lived, though, my friend. Everybody said nothing but positive things from Questlove to many people around the world that got a chance to meet him. Uh, you done good, Ron. You done good, pal. So rest in peace to you. Uh, and we will miss you, man. Absolutely will miss you. Now, moving on. Uh, overreaction Monday is a great day of the week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's NFL Sunday, you get a chance to kind of see where your team's at. You get a chance to see how your team's being coached. You get a chance to see how the organization feels about your fandom. There's teams that are dead. There's teams that are alive. And we got tweets from all over the country. Once again, it got trending up to number two. Shout out to you all. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but segment begins right now. Pat, I don't want to overreact, but... We nailed it. Probably could put some tunes behind that, but we will wait until another day. Uh, Let's get into some of these, Foxy. Shall we go ahead and load that first one up there? This one's from Alec Winter. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but I think I finally realized why the Chargers don't have any fans. It's the hardest organization to be a fan of because they have talent all the time and you expect to be decent, but the coaching and special teams always sucks and everyone gets hurt. Okay, seems like fans are potentially turning. Now, the special teams, you got to remember, you guys had Mike Cyphers for a long time, like one of the greatest punters of all time. So I don't want to blame you for that. And the special teams for the Chargers actually beat Peyton Manning and the Colts in a playoff game. And then I got hired immediately the next year. Now, granted, that was like 15 years ago. So if it's been that long since somebody has been there, I could see how you're upset. But Chargers fans don't have it easy, especially if the Rams are in the same stadium, same city, and they've already won a couple times. They're going to get hot. That has to be a good hire coming up next for whatever that head coach is. Chargers got their asses beat yesterday. I mean, it was bad, but it was expected when your coach Mm -hmm. is telling your players, yeah, we got no shot to do anything past this season anyways, boys. Go ahead and hang them up. Yeah, it was a hell of a game by them, really. An unbelievable performance. But the Chargers, that's one of the top jobs that's going to be coming up here, right, with a top 10 pick, franchise QB, good defense. If anything, they might you know, be on the precipice of a new unbelievable dynasty. Good word there. And we don't know what's going to happen with GM. GM put together a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not just saying it because Tom Telesco is the reason why I was in the NFL, and he's been a good friend of, of the show and everything like that. But the team, mm-hmm. the roster, is loaded. Yeah. Now, when you do go out there, we did talk about this. You do also get the opportunity to pay like 80% in taxes. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a pretty good gig. You can't fire a guy after he drafts who you think is going to be your quarterback for the next 15 years, though, can you? Uh, you, you could because you already got the quarterback, so then <laughs> the whole thing or whatever. But I just I feel like nobody goes, you know what? General manager didn't put the team together properly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, like no, no. I feel like nobody says that. Now, granted, that might not be enough because of how the seasons have gone and everything like that. And maybe they're like, we would like new management for Justin Herbert. But what if you miss on the next one? Then you got to get another one. Then you got three in the first three years of Justin Herbert, who seems to be a generational talent. There's going to be a potential lot of turnover over there. Hope they figure it out because it is frustrating. As somebody who's a big Herbert fan, uh, I like the more with the long hair, but seems like short hair guy. He's got a winner to it or whatever. You but. never know with that. With the the ownership over there, didn't Marty Schottenheimer get fired after going like fourteen and two or something like that? Yeah, and with that strength coach who never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> uh, that's right. What's the next one, Foxy? Uh, Tone Diggs says hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but it's hard to win games in the NFL. This sure feels like this is about the Steelers being undefeated and some games being close, and some people saying Steelers aren't that good because they win some close games against the likes of Gary Gilbert, RG three, and Trace McSorley. That wasn't what this was about, right? You were just stating that it's hard to win games in the it's NFL. It's just hard to win games. Yeah, yeah, I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing it. Pat. Yeah, I bet. I mean, every single team has to win t- games that by smaller margins than they're supposed to. It happens to the Chiefs. It happens to the Chiefs last night. It's happened to the Chiefs. The Raiders almost lost the Jets yesterday. The Vikings almost lost the Jaguars yesterday. The Colts almost lost the Texans yesterday. Like, it's hard to fucking win in the NFL, and I'm tired of sick of fucking – God damn, I'm so sick and tired of fucking hearing it. Tony, Jesus. That seems like genuine anger there. It's like I'm a cowboy so, hat over there. Geez. By the way, is this cowboy hat thing like a new, uh, like, it's game boys, day. boys it's haven't game, lost. It's a, game, it's a game day. Boys haven't lost since I put this Man cowboy hat. black hat type thing. <laughs> okay. Like, if the Steelers were 9-2, and two, would they be like, oh, the Steelers are the worst 9-2 and two team in the history of the NFL? Like, are, are the Titans now the worst 8-4 and four team in the history of the NFL? No. Like, fucking teams lose games. Teams have bad games. Uh, just tired. I'm just. I, it is hard I, to I win the NFL. I can't wait to get to the play. Yeah. It is very hard to win the NFL. I mean, look at that Chargers team. There's a lot of talent over there. It's hard to win in the NFL. Just like the Jets. The Jets almost won. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win the NFL. Now you run cover zero, all out blitz, Ooh. Hail Mary situation against the Raiders. <laughs> You know, with a guy who runs a 4-3 at wide receiver and really not putting your corner in any position at all and actually leads to your firing the day after you make that decision, which, by the way, congrats to Greg Williams getting an early head start on a vacation. Yeah. yeah. He was going to get fired. Yeah. Boy, Greg. Greg. Rex Ryan went on an electric rant about him this morning, calling it the stupidest play call he's ever seen. Been around the game 50 years, been coaching for 30. That's the <laughs> stupidest play call I've ever seen. Respect to Rex Ryan for saying that. Everybody that I've talked to that's been around the NFL on the defense side of the ball said it was the dumbest thing they've ever seen in their life. I'm like, yeah, but if he, if he gets him there, he's a hero, right? They're like, not really, because you watch it and you're like, a pass interference could happen because you got these corners all singled uh-huh. up. Uh, there's just so many things that could go wrong. There's no reason to be – you're up four, so they yeah. need to score a touchdown. There is no reason <laughs> at all to be doing what you're doing. It's, everybody has said the same thing. It's Greg Williams' ego saying, hey, we're going. this is what we are. We're an aggressive defense. We're going to go win this thing right now. It was like if you win in general, I think everybody would be pretty pumped over there, especially the group that has been losing and losing and losing and losing. Greg Williams gets fired today, this morning. 
He's now on vacation. I don't know if he's going to get a job again. He'll probably be consulting somewhere with a bad defense soon. Yeah, and it's not like he's got a lockdown corner out there. He's got the number one overall wide receiver in this draft going up against someone who was undrafted. Not that there hasn't been great undrafted players, but like, it's just an absolute wild. Decision. It was tough. It was tough. But if he if he sacks Derek Carr there, everybody talks about you know what they wow. went and got it. Mm-hmm. They went and got it. But then he talks to people that know defensive football, and they're like, they shouldn't have. That was <laughs> that was a dumb decision. And Emmanuel Acho was saying they were trying to lose. Greg Williams was trying to lose. You think Greg Williams gives a fuck if the Jets get Trevor Lawrence no. next year? No, no mm-hmm. way. He knew he was gone. That was Greg Williams trying to be like this is what a Greg Williams staple defense does, which. I guess go down guns a blazing. Somebody tweeted out this morning that if that's the last time Greg Williams ever coaches, if his final play was an all-out blitz yeah. in a Hail Mary situation, <laughs> he'll take that every yeah. single time. <laughs> I'm like, a pretty legendary way to go down, I guess, just fucking losing when you shouldn't have. I guess that is another way to frame that. What were you going to say, Connor? I mean, like what you just said, at least old Greg went out on his terms, you know, bringing the house, losing the game. It, it's, <laughs> not, it's, a, it's kind of a Cinderella story for Greg Williams when you think about it. Do you think Gase even knew what happened? Like, Do you think, no, dude, do you think someone else had to be like, stinks. hey, uh, Greg – Greg called zero coverage, so you may want to talk to him about it and potentially fire him. I don't think Gase gives a shit Nah, either. fuck it, bring the house. Yeah, yeah go get him. <laughs> Bro, Gase, that whole place stinks, dude. That place stinks. What are they doing? They're losing. Yeah, they're taking oh, They're losing. Is Trevor Lawrence the right answer? Oh, God. I mean, who knows know. now? What do you mean now? Well, you know, Clemson, they haven't been the same Clemson as they have in years past. And, in years past. And Trevor, you They know, lost the football game. They lost the game, and, you know, I, I didn't that see Trevor didn't play. That he didn't play. That he yeah. didn't play. For what reason? Because was Trevor following all the protocols or no? Uh, so, don't so, you go there. So really, you when you dare. think about it, does Trevor Lawrence have a problem with authority? Does he have a problem with, you know, following rules? I mean, look. Will he be, okay? Will he be okay with the amount of freedom that the NFL has? Will exactly. Trevor Lawrence be able to keep it dialed? Exactly. Dan Orlowski said last week. You, you know, just he, don't want Trevor Lawrence to go to the Jets. Right. And say, yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh, you want him to draft. Hey, you know, get that guy from South Dakota or whatever. <laughs> Trey Lance. I, I've, I've been seeing him following all protocols this season i haven't seen that football team miss a beat trevor lawrence is uh gonna go to the jets who will be his coach nobody knows who will be the gm nobody knows let's get some more overreactions foxy shall we at trey underscore hmm. honorary Mm-hmm. Had Trey Mullins. <laughs> Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but Brian Flores is coach of the year. Changed my mind. There's a couple others you could probably run through. I mean, there's there's a few. Just off the top of that, Tom Lynch probably win it. Mm-hmm. it just, I don't know, maybe for last year. Bill Belichick's probably going to be in the conversation mm-hmm. for – he had like half of his team sit out for COVID protocols, and they're still in it right yeah. now. The Fleur should definitely Le be in it. He wasn't in it last year, I don't think, but he mm-hmm. should be in that conversation. Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. is now – I mean, Taysom Hill – Stefanski. Let me Stefanski potentially they're nine and three over there. Yeah. That's unbelievable in Cleveland. He should get a fucking statue potentially. <laughs> yeah. But Stef, uh, I think Sean Payton's great coaching. And I think we had a tweet. I don't know if Foxy if you pulled it or not, that had stats between uh basically what uh Taysom Hill has done these last few games, both rushing and passing. Yeah, so Taysom Hill's three starts. This is as of uh at Ross Dellinger. Rushing thirty-four carries for 176 yards, those are five point one yards per carry, four touchdowns. Passing fifty-four to seventy-six, seventy percent completion, five hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns, one interception, record three and oh. So those are some modest numbers in comparison to other starting quarterbacks when it comes to the passing, but the rushing is always good. They've won games in this past week against the Falcons. Let me tell you what I think happened with Taysom Hill 
and Sean Payton and probably Drew Brees in the meetings as well. Last week, he looked terrible as quarterback, right? They beat the Denver Broncos. Or, or, yeah, they beat mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos, but he didn't look like a good quarterback. It, it was one of those things where everybody was like, okay, the athlete playing quarterback isn't going to work anymore. People are going to start figuring it out. Defense coordinators are going to start hunting Taysom Hill. They're going to know what packages to drop back into, keep Taysom Hill contained so he can't run, and it's going to be game, set, match for Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints, and Taysom Hill, even though Sean Payton is now 8.5-0 and in the last two years without Drew Brees at quarterback back, which includes Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, and now Taysom Hill. I think what happened this week in practice or in the film room, they had to show uh, Taysom Hill from the first couple games he was playing quarterback, where maybe he looked at somebody, and he saw him, and he didn't think they were open, so then he would go to the second one, then he would go to the third one, and then he would ultimately end up running, right? That's, that's kind of how, that, how the whole thing would progress. And I think Sean Payton was getting to the point, he was like, no, 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 bud, listen, the plays are good, okay? Just know the plays are good. This is open in the NFL. So this week, I think what you saw to Taysom Hill was he was pulling the trigger, yeah. and he was throwing into tight coverage, and it was awesome. I mean, it, it felt like that could be a tough thing maybe to get over mentally is if you see a DB sitting on a guy and in your entire life playing high school, college football, maybe even practice squad quarterback or in practice, like, okay, if that person's on that person, that person is covered. I'm going to go to the next one. And then you see the same exact setup. You're like, ah. And then Sean Payton and the boys had to be like, no, that's what we pay Michael Thomas for, by the way. Like, that's open for that guy. And in the NFL, that's open. So just go ahead and let it rip. If you get picked off or whatever, you it happens, just go for it. It felt like it was a much more free Taysom Hill whenever he was thrown, and it was awesome to see. And by the way, if this is the Taysom Hill going forward, the guy who can get to his drop step and deliver on time and throw into tight things, maybe he's 100% right with this being the future Steve Young of the New Orleans Saints. I think if you're a Saints fan and you watched Taysom Hill play yesterday, after the first two games, you're like, ah, oh, we're winning, okay, but this guy's good. We like him. He's got big legs. He's athletic and all this shit. But yesterday, I think, was the first time you watch and you're like, Oh, yeah, this guy could be a quarterback in the NFL because he was throwing into mm-hmm. coverages where everywhere else you'd be covered. But instead, Michael Thomas to make a place. Kamara came back. It was like they were back to being that same old offense. How much do you think it is is uh, him also just trusting himself to make that throw too? Because, like, in Philadelphia, I think the situation – like, Carson Wentz has lost all trust in himself. Like, you'll see him get back there, and he'll kind of go to throw, but then he has no trust in himself to make that throw. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, like, similar to maybe what Taysom – like, hey, trust yourself, man. Just make the throw. Yeah, that's the mental hurdle, right? Pulling the trigger. you got to be able to pull the trigger. People Again. people sit on tweets, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> people type up a tweet, put it in the draft section, never pull the trigger. you got to pull the trigger. Let it rip. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> no problem. It was against an Atlanta defense who they played two weeks ago as well. I think that's huge. Yeah, well, for the Atlanta defense as well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like for both sides, as everybody thinks like, oh, the offense got a chance to see him. But Sean Payton knows that defense, right? Sean Payton knows that defense. That defense also got to see Taysom Hill. So maybe Sean Payton's in the coach of the year candidate as well. I would assume he has to be. And for Wentz, I think they said it during the broadcast yesterday. He's been sacked three or more times in the last ten games. <laughs> Like, he, he just he, – there's no trust for him. Like, he takes his steps, looks one, two, and then he's either going down or he's just scared that he's going to get his ear blown off. Yeah, and then Jalen comes in and yeah. makes some plays. Yeah. And then Jay Glazer, who was originally going to be on our show today, but uh, we had to reschedule for a later time. He had a report yesterday that Wentz is potentially – since they drafted Hurts, he's a little bit of a different guy, which – 
would make sense if you just got paid a hundred million dollars and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you stink, by the way. We want to move on from you. You could see how somebody could potentially be like, oh, fuck this place. You could see how somebody could be like that. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, it's like, hey, he's paid you a hundred million dollars, okay? Why don't you go out there and throw the ball around? (laughs) It might be a little PTSD because, you know, before Foles, the backup came in, got a statue in front of the stadium, and now all of a sudden he got hurts behind him. He has to drive past that stadium every every day. day. Philly, Philly. It's Peterson talking to oh, Foles. Foles not, with a big not smile you. on his face. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next overreaction, Foxy? That's tough, dude. At Roscoe Anderson says, hashtag Pat, I don't overreact, but Justin Takatari is the fastest, richest left tackle in the NFL. Forget Cheetah. We got the Rhino. Go, Pat, go. True. Like that, yeah. He's, he's Persian Viking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a Persian Viking. We talked to him the other day. He signed the wealthiest contract in left tackle history in the NFL. And yesterday, during Aaron Jones' 70-yard 70-yard run, 77-yard run, he was out leading the charge while Aaron Jones was running his 4-4. Takatari might have been running a 4-5 at that point. Aaron Rodgers was down there trying to get some. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of that team, you have to be like, okay, we got a team that likes each other. And that means a lot more than people could fathom. Good for the Packers. Man. Yeah, MVS, too. Uh, LaFleur said after the game, like, how proud of him. Him, he was because he he got basically like one target you know a deep a deep shot and he dropped it and he was down there lead blocking too i'm not worried about the offense liking each other though like the <laughs> offense is great the offense is fucking incredible it's the it's the defense and the special teams that kind of concerns me a little bit uh what's going on with jk scott hey, there's a guy Ugh. listen it's <laughs> bro jk listen hey pal listen friend let's talk listen <laughs> okay <laughs> you know, careful. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it as good because I got to keep the stiff back. But at some point, you got to shoot, dude. You got to sh- at some point. What's he doing dancing with these guys? I have no idea. Because if you shoot and get, if you if you get like the, you get like a Heisman to the ground. Like at least you shot your shot. He's just setting himself up to look bad by, like, trying – what's he trying to do? Like, run alongside him? Why does anybody tell him to just shoot, man? Just shoot. And, it, by the way, tuck your head if you have to, if you don't want it, and just try to roll into mm-hmm. the legs. Mm-hmm. Like, just make an effort at some point. And, and J.K. Scott, listen, out of Alabama, okay, used to kick college balls really far. He doesn't leave the ground when he punts. He's much more flexible than I am. It's a different style of punting than I've ever been a part of. Uh, and everything like that. And he's won some games for the Packers. He's a good guy. He's a good punter. I don't know him as a guy, but at some point, you just got to shoot your shot or you're going to end up getting posterized every fucking week whenever something happens. Like, like I'd rather get posterized going down, on, mm-hmm. like trying to trying to tackle somebody, getting shoved down, yeah. than dancing next to somebody. Both your ACLs blown out. By the way, there's another mental thing. It's like, at some point, you just got to get... Whoosh, you just got to shoot. He's also like eight foot four. So if he shoots, he's probably going to get in the way and knock the guy down. Or, you know, I mean, just shoot. Man. It just, I don't know. It's frustrating. I don't like it either. I, I believe me, I get a 4,000 tweets about it. Because, like you, like you said, too, doesn't that probably just come from he didn't play football growing up? Yeah, I was saying there's no backyard football happening. Yeah. You got to shoot your shot. And you're going to get got every once in a while, but you just got to get yours more than you get got to. Because if you don't get yours more than you get got to or attempt to even get got, you're just going to get run by every time. And it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to criticize your form. Just, just go, just dude. Time at his ankles. Yeah, you, you just get. Yeah. Get jumped over. Yeah, seriously, it, it, it slows him down enough for the guy. That to happens to actual defenders him. all the time. All the time. Yeah. What doesn't happen though is like a, a dance next to him. Like at some point you gotta go. <laughs> Whoa, you gotta go, dude. Watch it. One of these results coming back. I wonder. 
that one hurt there a little bit. Yeah, no, I could tell. <laughs> but it was the same situation, and I wanted J.K. Scott to hopefully see that. Like, hey, Bob, listen, I'm sure more people are telling you than this than just me, and their words carry a lot more weight than I do, but I've been in your situation before, okay? I've been one-on-one with somebody who's much more athletic than I am, and I've been shook, okay? It has happened. But at some point, you got to shoot. Like, you, you just got to. That's the name of the game, by the way. If you're a kicker or punter, and you're in a situation where there's a potential tackle having to happen, you have to potentially try to tackle somebody. Like that's just gonna this happened a couple years ago when a kicker was going into where the ball was potentially at. He got blocked, okay? Mm-hmm. And everybody was upset about the block. It was like, this is football. Like this this is potentially gonna happen in the sport of football on a football field. If the other team has the football and is running and you're in the area, okay, there's a chance that you're going to get hit by another human because that is what football is. So if that's going to happen, you might as well be the one delivering the blow. If you're in a, you're probably going to get hit or shook. You might as well at least try to make up for it a little bit by shooting your shot. And I'm tired of seeing it. I, I can't see it anymore. I, I, he's too good of a punter yeah. to be – what's that, Ty? Okay. Let's, well, you know – what? Uh, he's, he's not too good of a punter. He's very inconsistent. When he's good, he's oh, great. When whoa. he's bad, oh, he stinks. Holy I'm sorry. Yeah, but Lambo, you got to remember, very yeah, crazy. The elements. Yeah, not yeah. an easy place to play. Yeah, elements. Course. But he's got to shoot his fucking shot at some point. I'm tired of watching it. Is the, and they would never, he's never ever going to practice that, right? So it's basically, that's just going to keep happening until someone's like, hey. Yeah, but nowadays they got all those things with like the, the roll. No, not the robots. The robots control. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But there, there's like these uh, circle round pads that they roll and you oh, can yeah, tackle yeah. so you can actually wrap like up and then roll. It's like a donut mm-hmm. that rolls. And then you can get a crash pad in there as well. So it would be like, but that also might be a mentality issue. I don't know if you can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was always fun to tackle practicing on the the crash pad in the rain. Yeah, because then it would, the water would come up. Spray him with a hose or something, man. (laughs) Give him the Joe Judge mud fumble. We're talking about like from our experience of doing it. It's fun doing it in the rain because it splashes or whatever. But what we're saying with JKs, I don't think the water would help. I think it potentially freezes in Green Bay. Yeah, true. But also, I I think mentality, he probably doesn't like doing it in the rain because he doesn't care about the, uh, I think it's just a couple different styles of brains. If it's confidence, he needs to get like the local peewee team to run down the sideline, see if he start there and then work his way up. (laughs) Do they have a mascot? Do they have a mascot in Green Bay? Uh, I don't Mr. know. Mr. Cheese. Yeah. The big pack. He should take out the mascot. <laughs> they should have the mascot jog down. How about the, uh, they should have the mascot jog down the sideline and see if he can tackle him or something like that. At some point, the guy's got to shoot a shot, though. I'm sick yeah. of watching it. When is punting average now, too? It's ruined, right? Don't Net, yeah, his net's done. Net's done. You're dead. Shit. Good season, JK. I mean, it's at over. least for, try to force a fumble or something, you know. Oh, well, let's not worry. <laughs> That's so much You're not going to tackle him, fucking. You know, what, what he actually should do, by the way, is when he's, the guy's running, let's say, hey, shout out, rest in peace, rest by the peace. way. Yeah. Let's say this is the returner running down the sideline here. He should at least get over here. Like, Force a cutback. So they have to cut back a little Ooh, bit. Mm-hmm. So hopefully your friends are there. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to get run by, at least there's a chance that somebody more athletic than you can catch it. But just standing here and dosy doing with Jared Lorenzen, just not going to do anything. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's tough. Twice now. It's <laughs> tough to watch. It is. Four punt uh, returns for touchdowns in the NFL this year. Packers have two of them in like the last, what, three weeks, four weeks? Yikes. <laughs>
Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to us. I know allowing us to penetrate your ear holes is an honor that we will really never be able to say thank you enough for. So thanks for allowing us into your daily routine. Thank you so much for laughing alongside of us. And uh, if I get into a ring again, I can't thank you enough for supporting me in my goal to get my first official dub in this whole thing. Proud of you, boss. Hey, thank you, Ty. It means a lot. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend if you enjoyed the show. Monday Night Football is tonight. Two games. Steelers football team, which is on every single city, it seems like, around here, except for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to rip a stream or you do something else. And then tonight, obviously, Bills Niners. Uh, we'll be reacting to that tomorrow, plus conversation with Aaron Rodgers and more. Yes. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a great Monday night. We'll see you manana. Cheers.